being in it. Welcome to Achievement Hunting 101, the podcast that supplies you with your daily dose of vitamin D. This is level 102. Joining me this week, we have Corey. Hello. Oh man, that Mike. He's never going to stop playing with that. Nate. Hello. And Elliot. What in the hell was that, Corey? Were you showing everyone your vitamin D? We'll have to go through this every week. What the heck? That, that, what? Is that a chipmunk? He's the one with the fancy soundboard. I know you get me and Kenny confused, but I have the fancy toys. <laughs> he just admires my toys from a distance. Oh my goodness. This year's off to a great start. He's I just feel like I say that a lot. That means it's off to a normal start. It is off yeah. to a great start. Does it, did everyone check out our awesome 101st episode on the Twitch? I no, did. I missed it. How did that go? Uh, it went swimmingly. I was a That's complete good. professional. And Wait, we got... did a 101st podcast on Twitch? We did. Because Mixer is rip, as you would so, say. So, about that, uh, mm-hmm. thanks for the overwhelmingly large amount of support. From everybody. It was incredible. Um, followers on Twitch, which is enough. And then a ton of people subscribed, use their Amazon subscription or, or gifted subs. It was a it was a party. And I uh I continued it a couple days later for the Euro crowd. Um at a friendly time for them. And uh we got a couple more, got more followers, gave away more stuff, and yeah, it's it's been more than I expected. For sure. It was awesome. It really was. That show was so good. But it's it's Twitch is not like that was not like a one time thing, like it was a year ago. We're gonna keep streaming, right? Regular regularly. We're gonna try. Yep. Yeah. So we've got a schedule. We got a schedule up, right? Got game pass games coming. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Keep an eye on the Twitch schedule and the Discord. We'll keep. We're gonna keep the stream coming. Bunch of different games. I think tentatively right now, every Tuesday is vulgar. Um, I will head up Wednesday or Thursday, depending on podcast duties. And generally, you're gonna try Fridays, right, Bufu? Yes. Yeah. F- pretty much Friday or Saturday, but but I'm kind of leaning towards Fridays. I want to stream. Sorry for no stream this last Friday. We know you had cramps or something like that. uh, Whatever, close enough. (laughs) That's just what I heard. (laughs) Yeah, close enough. (laughs) But yes, be streaming to Twitch, so keep an eye out on that. So let's get into the show. Corey, what have you been playing this week? Uh, Well, speaking of streaming, that uh, secondary Euro-friendly 
celebration stream that uh, I did uh, happened to be one of the very few games that I played this week, and that would be Cuisine Royale. But not only Cuisine Royale, Cuisine Royale with Wacapel. Yeah, he, um, oh, he wanted to join in. Royale with cheese. Damn. I did not. He wanted uh, to, to play his one of his favorite games, and uh, I guess I was a good time for him. So I jumped ship on what I was going to do, and I played a little Cuisine Royale with, with Waka, and uh, eventually Chewy popped on board, and we got a victory. I think they call it victory royale um Sounds yeah right. waka is a machine at the game he was definitely the uh the leader of our squad our squad of nearly naked men he was our clothed Wait, sherpa <laughs> so, so in this battle royale you start out with just your boxers oh and, you're talking about in the game okay. in the game <laughs> i thought we were going to get a couple of strikes on twitch Let's say we just got just got this all set up. I had a shirt on. I was dressed appropriately enough for X. Okay. Was he feeling better from the uh, stream incident? Oh yes, his uh, his his as were much better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that game is it's okay. It's not my favorite battle royale game, but it certainly has a charm to it. I I, I like how not real it is there's some uh what did he call them uh chants or some kind of magical powers that you can affect the map one time he flooded the whole map one time somebody brought zombies on so it's definitely not your typical oh that sounds awesome like real world shooter although it kind of has that PUBG feel it it has this cool stuff where you can do that you can change the map and and affect it affect things in different ways uh, you can bring back teammates who have died, which I think is probably maybe a new thing. In, um, uh, well, at, le- at least it's done in Realm Royale. I don't know about things like PUBG uh, or Fortnite. Uh, but... Resurrections in Warzone with the gulags. Yeah. Yeah, so this one you had to pick up their heart if they died and, and take them to uh, like a fire or something. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was okay. Uh, the The victory, though, that we got did give me two achievements. So I did get the, woop woop. the win, a, win a match achievement, and I got the win a match without shooting anybody achievement, luckily enough. So that one is a, a rare <laughs> one. Uh, ratio speaking, they are two of the lowest ratio achievements, but uh, two that I should have had uh, by now, probably. I've only played five or six matches total. First time was just a boosting session, so uh, this was a good one to, uh, to knock out, I think, on stream. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll probably stay away from it till uh, next time Waka uh, drags us into play. <laughs> <laughs> well, Waka loves his battle royale, so it probably won't be too much longer. All right. Uh, how about you, Nate? How was your week? What you been oh, up to? I've been playing a lot of the stuff I've been talking about previously. Uh, spent some time uh, finishing moving out on the PC, and then I went ahead and I said, you know what? Well, it's fresh in my mind. So I finished uh, moving out on the Xbox, and I really enjoy that game. That, that is a fun, like game type. That just the gameplay is, it's just fun. Um, it's not really super challenging, 
but uh, it's just a fun concept and um, it's great it's to just be on Game dumb Pass. Fun. Yeah, and just like have a stack of it. That's awesome. Um, there is one frustrating thing, and that is that while achievements are tracked, there is no indicator for two of the collectibles. Uh, maybe even three of the collectibles. Um, you have to pick up a console, a hidden console on every level. You have to smack every mailbox, and you have to deliver a bunch of animals. Oh, and there's also ghosts that you're not supposed to smack. So there's just a couple odds and ends like that that aren't tracked. Uh, you can see your percentage, but you can't tell where on the map you might have missed something. So I had to go back and try to think, okay, well, uh, what level worst. What level was I not paying attention to? What, what level did my daughter walk in while I was playing? <laughs> and I had to give her the controller, and then I forgot what I was doing. Um, so actually, surprisingly, when I thought of that, I figured it out. I got like the two levels I needed uh, for the hidden consoles, and I got it all done. Uh, and the other ones are not bad. The solutions for the Xbox version are pretty good uh, in terms of giving you ideas of where you might have missed something or all the levels that have the things that you need to do. So you can just kind of focus on those levels. Your best bet is to keep track as, as you go, though, for sure. Yes. At least with the consoles and the mailboxes. The Yes. The pro tip is as you're playing, uh, make sure to look at your tracker every level while you're playing and just check it off. Okay. If, if the uh, you know if the console goes up by three percent, then you've done it, and then just check that one off the list. Uh, that will save you time in the long run. But uh, with my experience playing on the PC and going to the Xbox, I had to do I had to grind out uh, another couple hundred deliveries, so delivered items. And there's a great uh, arcade level that you can do that on. It's arcade. No, I think it's a memory. Uh, where there's like 57 items in a warehouse and it's very easy to get them all done in like a minute. So I just did that like 15 times and then I was done the game. So just finished that up today. It was great. I really recommend that. Uh, I would love to see something else like that or more from the developer. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that game. It was, uh, it's one that you, you probably would enjoy the stack on. It doesn't, it doesn't overstay its welcome in my opinion. No, it doesn't. And like like I said, playing it right after, I, I zipped through that second playthrough like very quickly. Uh, you know, some levels I could get all three challenges uh, in one go and the mailbox and the toilets. That was the other thing. I had to stand on toilets. Uh, so doing all those things, you know, I knocked out very quickly. Yeah, the toilets um, were the hardest thing because you had to just stand on there for a who knows how long amount of time. I usually stood there for like five to ten seconds just to be sure it counted. Yeah, so I, I would love for uh, you know another game like Moving Out, um, you know, from this developer or you know another developer. I mean, it's very similar to Overcooked, but I find that Overcooked is harder to play solo. Um, but this game is just great from beginning to end. And aside from that, um, like I said, I've been talking about that slightly in the past. Um, and just very briefly, I am very excited about the Bean Dive uh, that just started. Uh, and my goal for this Bean Dive is not to dive a whole bunch of games. But it's to pick several games from my backlog that I haven't started that I want to play next. So, so uh, a lot of you got a lot yeah. of games in that. I've got a lot. So I'm doing not not quick and easy, but just quick and fun, hopefully. So I threw on Juju, I threw on Cold Silence, I threw on Bulb Boy and, and Contrast. Now I know when you say games that are you know fun to play and they're short. 
people aren't probably picking those, but um, they were ones that I saw on my install list that I haven't touched. And I was like, you know what? I, now's the time. They're not very long games, each of them. Uh, maybe I'll even do the contrast stack on 360. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm going to keep adding maybe 10 games is about my range. I don't know. Uh, what are you guys thinking? And uh, what else have you been playing? I mean, it started today while I was at work. And I just saw the feed. <laughs> it was interesting because the feed had a notification for both uh, registering for the bean dive and starting the bean dive, which is two separate button clicks. So it's just like a pink and purple barrage on the feed. I don't know if you guys saw the same thing. But uh, basically what the bean dive is, it was the brainchild of a bean potter. And basically the idea is to take all the games in your backlog and get one achievement in each of them. And the reason for this, uh, there's two reasons. One is to start the games that are in your backlog that you're uh, hope to remember that you have and get to them at some point. And then the second one, if you like, is to tank that completion percentage and try to build it up throughout the year before next year's bean dive starts. So um, it's a lot of fun, or it can be. I did one, my biggest one I did was back in 2013, and there's still games that I haven't touched since then. Um, so I look at it as a way to play games that I bought. I should play them. Why not? And then if you put them on your tag, then they can show up in RTDL and you can use them on other contests. So I think it's a wonderful idea. Even you could bean dive one game, two games, five games. Some people are doing 50 games, 100 games. I saw Chesno going nuts today. Yeah, oh currently, as of recording, the two best divers are Mental Knight and Chesno, both from our community. Uh, Chesno's at 60. Mental Knight is at 92. Well done, guys. That's oh, wow. I saw, I saw him This saying, is the oh, first day as of recording. <laughs> he, <laughs> 92. Was, Holy crap. He was probably prepping them. Yeah, with that, for the CCC, there's actually a contest. So similar to last month where it was a 5v1, a 5 of us versus Elroy to see who could score the most gamer scores. Now it's a seven v one on who can score or who can dive the most games. Again, the one being Chesno, the seven being myself, Vulgar Latin, Deaf Dealers, Alex Davies, What the Fug, Dinable, and Chewy. So, um, my euros are on Chesno. <laughs> I, I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, with. That is just 60 games in one day. That's crazy. Yeah, not even a whole day, right? Yeah, not even a whole day. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have our work cut out for us. (laughs) I'm going to go look at this list. What kind of awesome games are we talking about? I haven't really planned a bean dive yet, but... I was kind of thinking about it, like, man, usually I just do one, maybe, you know, get it, get it over with, get the participation. But uh, I was looking at my physical games up here. There's probably six or seven that I haven't cracked open yet. So those will probably get added to my list. Uh, those include real top-notch winners here, uh, like Fallout 76, mm-hmm. Black Sad, which I'm looking forward to. And probably inside for the first time, believe it or not. 
and I oh, have man. half wow. a mind. I have half a mind to bean dive the Neo Geo collection. <laughs> oh my goodness! Don't do it. <laughs> I'm I think you should at... st- stream inside without a guide. Yeah, maybe do I will. yourself a favor. Don't That's use what a I guide. Think. That's what I think you should do. Don't do it. Maybe you I will. Always go back. Chapter select for the achievements. If you miss any, I know you. Maybe I will. You can do it. But looking at the like, Neo Geo collection, I have, I have about the, ninety games I could da- dive just from oh that. The, the problem, <laughs> the problem with diving. That's so bad. The problem with the ACA games is that you basically get two or three achievements just for playing them. So they're kind of hard to dive unless you start with caravan mode oh, and just okay. get the first caravan mode. All I'm right. just trying to think Wait, of how it would work. That, no, I'm just trying being, to think of how it would work. You're being technical here. It says well, while the goal is to dive by adding only one achievement, dive, adding more than one will still add it to your dive. Okay. okay, oh, okay. You're right. I mean, that is sufficient. I, I've never, never adopted the theory that it has to be one achievement. You try to I get one. I haven't either. I thought you try I was to get trying one. to start a new game. No, you just try to get on one, and then if more than one ha- uh, pop at the same time, then that's fine. But you don't keep going. You're, you're just you're tanking your completion percentage a little bit less, right? Fraction of a percent <laughs> in most but cases. You, but you can go get ten of twelve uh, achievements in the ACA game pretty easily. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. Depending buddy. on which one. Depending on which one it is. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Well, Chesner is doing something very interesting. He's playing a lot of tie-in games. Which uh, I enjoy. <laughs> he's doing. He's got some Ben Ten. He's got some Cars too. He had talked about doing some sort of a contest like that, playing licensed games. I don't know if you were yeah. privy to that. I, I do remember seeing that happen. So uh, maybe Lost he <laughs> just Jumper, bought them all. Yeah, Aragon. He oh. uh, he also did the Arc System Works collection. <laughs> yeah. He changed his avatar on everything. <laughs> now those are easy just, dives whew. he's just playing whatever <laughs> like whatever is on his hard drive he's just playing there's no rhyme or reason here I could do that too that would add another That would be very probably like 400 idea. games wow alright so I had a pretty crazy June uh, in which Michelle and I were trying to take out Freaky RO and Haizo in the tag team challenge emphasis on trying well later in this episode we'll we'll find out from Chewy's segment hopefully we'll see who prevailed but I had almost 30,000 gamer score and 27 games completed in June and my biggest push was on June 29th when I did all of the visual novels uh, Radalaika and Oof. some other stuff too yeah I had 8,000 TA that day we made oh, a push. Wow. We made a, a push because we saw Freaky Arrow and Heizo join uh, Waka's <laughs> Human Fall Flat Win Ten session, and they went crazy. <laughs> I think they got forty or fifty achievements each, or if not more. So yeah, we had to buckle down. So I think it was a close match. So after doing all of those Rattalika games and easy games, the first game I decided to do in July was Milo's Quest. <laughs> Well, that build-up was sounding <laughs> like you were going somewhere. Um, Milo's Quest is is published by Red Alaika. It's developed by Light Up. 
who gave us Super Willow DMake and Super Box DMake. It's very similar to Super Box DMake. There are puzzles in the game. Um, they're basically box puzzles, and you can push them on the switches, and then that opens up gates and stuff. Uh, you do not have to turn the puzzles on, um, which makes the completion even easier, but I kept them on. And with them on, it still took maybe 20 or 30 minutes to get the completion. Um, my kids watched me play this, and they actually really enjoyed it. Uh, my daughter, uh, she's seven, and she actually asked to start the game on her tag. Huh. <laughs> and it's not really for achievements. It's basically just so she could have her own save. And she started up and turned off the puzzles. And wouldn't you know it, she wound up with her first ever completion. She knocked out all the achievements. <laughs> so basically, you're this little dog, and you just collect bones, and you attack ghosts. And that's really all you do. And you just fight a couple of bosses here and there, and you collect stuff. And it's one of those Redalecka games where you don't have to beat the game or come even close to get all the achievements. Which but is it, pretty much all of them. <laughs> it's not. It really depends. It really depends. But I would recommend that to anyone with little ones that maybe wants to give them a little easy game to play. You can throw it on easy and turn off the puzzles. And even if you die, which he died maybe once or twice, there's no real punishment. You just start on the same screen. Hey, Corey, yep. have you been uh, eating any men lately? I mean, have you been playing something else lately? <laughs> the answer to both is yes. Um, I have started playing Man Eater. And nice. it is really fun. Fun. Hmm. How oh, far did you get? Sarcastic. No, is it actually it's, fun. Um, oh no, it's actually fun. It's good. Oh good. So th- this is just to throw some statistics out there. I've heard a lot of good press about it, and just on TA alone, this is a forty-dollar game. So it's not something that you're just going to on a whim buy most in most cases. But it has fourteen thousand five hundred tracked gamers that's a lot for a 40 dollar game in my opinion that's wow. not on game pass mm-hmm. especially being so, an idea at xbox and it hasn't been out that long i don't think it right? came out late may so okay. well, and it I'm hasn't been on sale that i've been tracking either except for like amazon like physical sales a couple of them here and there no digital sales but this game is while classified as action I definitely would throw it under the gainer section rp gainers uh, because it's basically shark RPG. You play as a shark. Oh, yep. <laughs> that sounds from, cool. Uh, he plays a shark from a, a, a child, a kid, toddler shark, uh, to a teen, to an adult, which I'm at now. And it has a couple more evolutions. Not Wait, only were you do born you, as? Uh, I don't know. A, a toddler, maybe? I, I don't remember. <laughs> That's not how That's it part goes. of the lore of the story I don't want to give away yet. Toddler shark. All right, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, but you, as you do... As you grow, um, you also get like body upgrades. It's it's weird. Um, okay. They don't like tie it to the story. Go. You just kind of unlock them. But doing quests, eating fish, getting like materials and stuff, whatnot, you unlock different perks that you can add onto your shark. Uh, some of the things are like electromagnetic teeth, so like they stun enemies or. I just got these bone teeth that will make me chomp uh, the boats quicker, stuff like that. And I think you can modify like your teeth, your jaws, your fins, your body, 
And then you can have some organs that do stuff. Like I have a sonar. I have a better heart to make me have more health. Things like that. And you just go around this little area that you are in and you do quests. And there's collectibles to pick up and whatnot. Uh, but you're not going to be able to do all that at once. As you do these things, you get XP, you level up, then another area unlocks. And I'm going back, I'm going over there, doing those quests, and eventually going back and cleaning up the first area. And you just progress through all of these different areas to what I assume is going to finish up the story, which is kind of a chapter, uh, a chapter thing. And I think I'm, I have to be at least five to six hours in. The completion estimate on TA says 10 to 12. I don't see how I'm going to meet that at the moment. Um, although I am getting, things are getting a little easier. Uh, I was actually struggling there at like the second and third hour. I'm like, this is, this is going to be a hard game. Uh, I'm going to have to like <laughs> grind out. Luckily, when you die, you don't lose anything. You seem to get put back in your safe space. But now I'm starting to, things are starting to flow a little bit better. And, I'm having fun with it. So I think I'm 41. I'm in the 40s. 40 to 50% of the story is done. Or is it like eater. a free swim? Um, or Com- is it like. Completely free know. swim. You okay. can like um, speed up. You can lunge. Uh, you chomp. You bite. You do tail whips and stuff like that. Like you, you are just a shark, bud. Do you eat mans? You, you, you do eat mans. You eat wow. mans. You eat and fishies, and tuna or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. And, uh, and did you ever play Hungry Shark World? No, I did not. <sighs> All my Hungry Shark World knowledge comes from Fug. He says to play it, and I say no. Huh? I've been tempted <laughs> so many times to buy that game. Uh, but this one, this is a really good game. Um, it, it I, I'll be doing a full review. I want to get a little bit more time in it. I don't know if it'll make this show, but it'll definitely make the next one. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I do recommend it. Um, it the game is Maneater, once again. And, Fine. yeah, I definitely recommend it uh, on a sale. I hope I hope it ha- one happens soon. But even at $40, you're probably going to be pretty satisfied. Oh, it's definitely a $40 title. It's definitely good for that. Like it's one I was really anticipating, and uh, I'm shocked that we got it. I'm glad. I'm very happy that we got it uh, to review from ID at Xbox, and yeah, that that's it. I, it's just so far so fun. So far so fun. By any chance, did you guys ever play Jaws Unleashed on the PS2? No, no. no. Okay, never mind. Because it, uh, it very much rem- reminds me of that game, and I love that game back in the day, but it's Jaws Unleashed also probably isn't that good. It was super janky. I will say for achievements, uh, actually it's a fairly good list. They are pretty scattered story-based-wise, which is good. I mentioned evolutions before you get achievements for going through those evolutions, and then each area has like a, an apex or... Yeah, it's called an apex predator of something. Like the first area, small spoiler, is an alligator. Um, and so like you have to defeat the apex predator in each area and then 100% each area. So like it's very methodical in its achievements and it's 
very spread out and dispersed evenly, in my opinion, so far. This isn't like a Dang. a cheap, easy rattle like a game. Like this is a game that you really want to play. <laughs> I, I, well, I want to hear if Kush has played anything else. So, Kush, have you played anything else? Yes. So the guys at ID at Xbox were also kind enough to give us a code for Atomicrops, and I dove into that a little bit today. I haven't spent too much time with it. Probably about half an hour. Um, and this game is a twin stick shooter crossed with uh, Stardew Valley. Now, while I have played a lot of twin stick shooters, uh, I have not played Stardew Valley. So all of that uh, comparison is just from what I've seen on screen. Uh, there is farming, but there's not a whole lot of time to do it. Because while you're trying to farm, there are critters coming in. There's bugs, mutated bugs coming in, trying to uh, destroy your crops. And your goal is to harvest them, and you get paid in cashews, and then you can use cashews <laughs> to buy better upgrades. Um, I'm I'm sold. Buy. I'm in. I want to play. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this sounds amazing. It's interesting. So it sounds nuts. So you you start yeah. off in the central area, and there are uh, there's a west area, there's an east area, and there's a north area. Now you can't get to the north area until you uh, get parts for a bridge. So. It seems like there is a specific progression you want to take. You want to go west. You want to clear out all the hives that are there. Uh, there's little sections that where if you kill the four uh, enemies that are tied to that little camp, uh, a bonus will open up and you can get like a perk and they're kind of random. And even the location of these uh, camps will be randomized for every run that you do. So yes, it's kind of like a roguelite. Uh, Stardew Valley twin stick shooter. Now the twin oh, stick shooting game. action is not um, amazing. It's not. It's not like a uh, uh, you know gungeon um, or anything like that. But it's passable. Um, it's okay. Now I have not purchased any new guns because I haven't earned enough cashews to go do that yet. So I haven't figured out the progression. I haven't figured out kind of the optimization for doing this. There is no guide on TA yet, but there is already one completion, uh, I believe. And I think that guy uh, has been bugged by a lot of people. So um, <laughs> I think he is going to be writing a solution or at least guides for various achievements. Yes, there's two completions right now. Uh, Super Duper Liam and Blind X Eagle. So, uh, so guys, please tell me how to play this game. Uh, I don't quite... No, and I know Bills has started it, and he's got some tips, but uh, yeah, as you kind of go down through it, uh, the most one achievement is the first one for beating year one. That's 101 times it's been won, and you go down to uh, the last couple achievements. There's only uh, 10 in this game, and uh, it drops off pretty quickly. So it's like uh, the last four achievements are five, five, three, and two. So there's a, you know, it's a difficult game, I think, to get all the way through. Uh, I need to spend more time with it before I can fully review it, uh, but it's it's okay. Uh, Tomacrops is... I really like the music. I really like the opening cutscene, and I like the idea, I think, of where the game is going. So, um, But I'm not sure if it's for everyone. So uh, hopefully I'll have more to talk about uh, next week. So one of the higher ratio achievements is... <clears throat> Is to get 30,000 cashews. Do you have to do that like in one go through or, or is that throughout playing? Like do like if you die, you said it was like roguelite. 
So when you die, do you lose your cashews? Like they don't carry yeah. over to you. Yeah, you lose everything. So I don't know that it's uh, cumulative. I don't think it's going to be over runs. I think it's going to be all in one run. Yeah, I that would make sense. Know. Don't know for sure, but that's that's just my feeling on that. Yeah, I think I might have to give this a try. Yeah, it's super duper Liam who said he's been uh, <laughs> by popular demand. I'm creating achievement guides for Tama crops, so people have been sending him a lot of PMs and questions. I can imagine. So hopefully there'll be uh, something more in detail uh, that'll help me to uh, better review this game. There's not a whole lot of people that started either. I mean, 101 uh, stars as of recording. It is a good number. But with that, it's also got a 4.8 rating, so take that for what it is. People that have played it, they've liked it. And L, have you played anything else or you've done for the I, I did. Actually, um, played a triple A game. Polished off. Get out of town. I know. What? I, know I know. I guess you can call this a triple A game. Uh, finished off. Let me guess. WWE. Uh, no, I said triple A, not um, double, double. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to make fun of Jables, so screw you, Jables. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, Patriots I think, talk po- also. I think, um, I think Saints Row the Third. Just glitched. You didn't hear that. Uh, Michelle and I finished up Saints Row the Third, um, <laughs> which is totally unlike me. Uh, it took us <laughs> a couple of years to beat this game, but unlike Borderlands, this—I don't know—it's it's, never felt like we didn't want to come back to it. Just. I don't know, just something else would come up and then we would wait for it to come up on RTDL or some contest or another and then we would pick it up and play. Um, wow, it came out in 2011. Holy cow. And it came <laughs> it came out as Games with Gold and we saw that uh, in January 2018, we saw that, that uh, an achievement was going to be discontinued for uploading something to the server. So we got that done. I talked her into it. I know she's not a huge fan of open world games, but I said, oh, come on, it's co-op. How bad could it be? And every time we've played, we've had a riot. We've talked about it on the show before. Um, but actually, like Borderlands, there's a similar achievement for getting all the challenges done, which is kind of a pain. And unf- unlike Borderlands, you could actually screw yourself by 100%ing the game because then you're killing all the enemies and you need to do stuff to kill the enemies to get some of the challenges done. Uh, so, for example, you need to kill 25 stag, stag commandos. And I had 24 of 25. And I'm like, I wasn't really paying attention to the challenges. So I'm like, uh-oh, how do you get these to connect? So luckily, uh, Michelle had an older save file. So she booted up her older save file, and I went in her game so I can get that done. And unfortunately, we had to do little trickeries like that to get it done. So... I would recommend if you're going to play this to make many save files. You have many slots you could use just in case you need to go back. And if you have a buddy, it's not so bad. You just go and hop in their game and and you can get that done. The DLC, you can get the season pass for five bucks. You get three DLCs in there. There was, there's one where there's a, um, you have to like jump around buildings and the voice announcers are, uh, there's a wrestler, Rob Van Dam. 
And then the other guy is the voice actor from uh, NBA Jam, the uh, Boom Shakalaka guy. So it's really hilarious. So the game is definitely up my alley. It's got dirty humor. It's got wrestling references. And yep, with, everything, like an L game. with everything going on in the world, it's just such a great escape you, that you could you know, still do all these things in video games. Hopefully they don't start banning these type of things like they're banning everything else. So, um, and Chip asked, what game is Michelle working on next since Saints the Third took them five years? Well, Chip, it was only two and a half years, jerk. And I think we're probably going to, uh, one thing that was good about this game is we could play it uh, in party with all our friends. So we didn't really, you know, once the story was done, we could just fool around with the challenges and uh, talk in party chat. So there are certain games you could do that with, and there's certain games where we just want to pay attention to the story. Uh, we still have yet to go back to uh, Crackdown 3 and A Way Out. Wait, you're stealing my thunder here. <laughs> I did. I Corey, and Jables Corey, yeah. have, Corey and Jables play a way out. We play a way out. Yeah, I've uh, I've not gone back to that either. Sorry, Jables. And it's no, it's not that we didn't like the game. It's just once we boot it up, we'll play it. It's just a question of booting it up sometimes. But it was nice to get that one done. And that was it for this week. My way out partner has ditched me. So if someone wants to complete that, Ooh. Uh, I am available. Can go oot with me. That just sounds weird. Poo cuddly poof. That just sounded weird. It's on EA Access, I think, if you don't have it. You could pay a dollar and play it. It's also on It's on sale, sale all the time, yes. Oh, is it? Sale, you say. Wait, was that a <clears throat> sale gway? My god, I didn't say that last week. Damn. Possible. I'll have to say it again. Sale gway, yeah. Of all the dead horses, now I can't I'm believe pumped. you didn't get that one. I know. It just became a thing that, I don't know, took on a life of its own, and then people killed it for me. I got to bring it back. All right, for and sure. kill it all over again. What do you pick up on sale? Go out of order. I think if someone says Sailway, they're going to win a prize. Yeah, I said it. Someone says, first person says <laughs> Sailway, I'm giving them a code. Sailway. Yep. Give them a code. Uh, you win. Saints Row the Third, congratulations! A whole bag of ads blasters. Not really. Minus one. <laughs> Say Sailgue. I got a code for you. In if Discord. And if you already have the game, yeah. too bad. It goes to the next person. Sailgue. Oh my god, it's so fun! See how so, rejuvenated I am. All it took was a word. Mm-hmm. No, I'm excited. So yeah, sale gway. Let's go out of order. Nate, what are you picking up on sale? There you go. <laughs> so I am looking at second time I said that. Not going to mention uh, a way out, which I'm pretty sure is on sale. But um, yeah, don't what? mention a way out. No, no, you know, <laughs> not worth mentioning. You don't okay. want to buy that and be my partner. But uh, I am looking at Stella. Stella. Now, Stella is interesting. It is ten dollars down from twenty, and. It looks like a very far away game. It looks and reminds me of Inside, uh, to be honest. I, I haven't seen it in action, but just from the screenshots, I'm very interested in this. It has two title updates. 
and the gamer score that you can get out of this game is 1,405. So that's so weird. Very weird. So I'm very interested in this game. Uh, that's for me. That's the only thing I'm picking up. But uh, you should probably consider picking up a way out. <laughs> what item? How about you, all? Uh, the things that stood out to me, if you have not played them, are two Windows titles, Never Oot and Samsara. They are two, well, I consider them Windows games. It's really weird. When it's a game that's Play Anywhere, I just default to use it uh, using the Surface for puzzle games. You could use the touchscreen or a mouse. I think that would be easier than the controller for both of them. Uh, Never Out is two dollars down from four if you somehow don't have this one some sarah's five bucks instead of 15 two pretty easy completions even if you use a <clears throat> guide but no one would ever do and, that and uh, i believe there's a guide for fun yeah we don't beat dead horses we just established this um and i believe there's three jackbox party back games on sale i will always recommend those when i see them good times it's been a while since we've done that vulgar get one set up yeah, Vulgar, get one set up. Corey, do you see anything you want? No, nothing for me. Thanks, Bob. Who's Bob? Bobby boy. You. Bob the Builder? Well, if you like free stuff, there's a couple of the free games. Saints Row 2. Games with gold. Whoa. Yes, with games with loud. gold. Oh, yeah, so now that I beat Saints Row 3, I need to do need to decide whether to go to 4 next or go back to 2. No. Right, always go back. Go back. Always go back. Back to the future and yep. So two and let then it one die. and then four. Yep. Well, two, go back. two has you competitive. Go back because you play um, the old stuff first, because then it's janky and yeah. garbagey, and then like when it. you go play the newer ones, it's better. Ah. That, that's why you watch Star Wars four, five, six first. Yeah, about oh. that. We just yeah. finished watching one, two, and three first with the kids. <laughs> Look up Corey's now by one, two, and three, you mean the prequels? Yes, with uh, who have, with the kids who have never seen four, five, and six yet. They play very differently. I gotta say, because it kind of spoils things that are going to happen that you wouldn't have known if you watched four, five, and six first, or that you would know, but then you see how it plays out. Uh, why you Why did you let them watch them out of order? And Jar Jar sucks. Well, because we got to go in order. Five is the one where Spock overtakes Khan, right? Wait, what? Khan is in five? Nothing. I think you're confused. Spoiler alert. Um, I'll have to fix that in post. (laughs) I mean, the one good thing about the first couple (laughs) is that that Chewbacca (laughs) is not in them. Guy sucks. (laughs) But yeah, so free games... Saints Row 2 with Games of Gold. W- WRC8. Yeah, some ra- some racing game. El- <laughs> Elroy will love it. And Coffee Talk. Coffee, coffee. Somebody will like that. Probably X. Yeah, visual novel. But in with coffee, which I should have drank some before we started this. Yeah, that's the game. That's that. Let's go back. Since we went out of order this week, let's get into some news. We got we got some news to discuss. Achievement uh, hunting one hundred and one news break. Whoa! 
See, we 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 don't talk about that beforehand. He just does it, so it kind of throws everything off. I wasn't that expecting was his, that. That was his real singing voice. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's good. It's beautiful. Thank you. I just you. don't expect him to sing. He doesn't sing often. I know. I hate when people sing on the podcast. This right? is year three. Year three is going to bring bigger, better, harder things. Yeah. Soundboards for everybody. Yeah. Increasing things. So what's on the docket for news? Well, for the first thing, Xbox Game Showcase, July 29th at 9 a.m. Pacific Time or 12 o'clock Eastern. Yes, so the July 2020 (laughs) event will focus predominantly on first-party games. Halo Infinite and Psychonauts 2 have been confirmed to be there. And you'll probably see things like Hellblade 2 and hopefully Fable. I really hope there's Fable. Like, we know it's a thing. Just show us the Fable already. I think it's a Fable. I'm hoping that we hear more about this Warner Brothers interactive purchase. Potential interest. I think we're also going to see Battletoads. There's some rummaging going on about Battletoads trademarks being filed. And I hope they changed how it looks in Blaze because it did not look super great last time we saw it at E3 last year. E3 in Discovery Zone. Now, they're calling it a games showcase. So we are expecting to see games, right? Yes. Games, games. They've kind of been talking about this for a while. This is supposed to be first-party focus, what they have cooking. This is the stuff that they've been saving. So hopefully they come out swinging, show us some good stuff. This is like the exclusive stuff, the all that fun stuff. So not just the ID at Xbox, which we know some of us love. Uh, those are right. great games. But this is like the the big money, uh, you know, only on Xbox or you know, better like on this Xbox. This is the system seller yeah. showcase. Okay, so this is to get excited about. Like we don't know yes. how long this is. We don't know how many games are showing. Uh, I, I hope mm. that we. I, ho- I hope that we hear world premiere <laughs> like like a lot. I want to hear that a lot. Yeah, want to hear <laughs> world premiere. Oh, I love it. That's so good. Like that's just the perfect way to announce a new game. One more time. World premiere. Wow, <laughs> that was oh, my version. <laughs> they, I'm trying to, to get a trying to get a job. How did you do that, Microsoft? I'm um, I'm up for hire. Yes, hopefully we'll see some good stuff. What would you guys, if you had to pick one game, what do you want to see? Um, boring, and I'll say Halo Infinite. Oof. Yeah, that is boring. I know it's boring, Kenny's but answer. well, all right, fine. Um, that is a Kenny answer. No, I really. Uh, I mean, if that's what you want right, to see. Do, you guys talk out some other things, and I'll say, oh yeah, that one. I'm Cyberpunk, torn. I guess. I, I don't know. No, that's not I, first party. I really oh. want to see first a party. fable. I would be, I'd be ecstatic if it was even a reboot. But I do love new IPs. Uh, I'm really like, I hope we see a bunch of new IPs 
and Fable. Like Sunset Overdrive 2? That's not a uh, new IP. Oh, I don't think uh, that's going to ever You'll learn happen. one day. Rise 2? <laughs> oh, I would love a Rise 2. Yeah. Not new IP, but I would love that. We don't want new IPs. Come on. Rise really has become like a cult classic now. Yeah, so like first party, like I can't think of anything that you know I just need to see. But yeah, I'm I'm of the opinion that I need new IP. I need to see something new to get excited about. I agree. I think they need to have something big, something to get everyone on board with this. You know, they have to bring the games. Xbox One, the biggest downfall of it, it had no games. They need to bring in something big. They need to show that they can play against against PlayStation. But the other thing I want to see is I don't want to see something that's going to be three years out. Like, I want to see something that's going to be out, you know, within a year. Like, I, I really hope that that's the, the direction these guys are going. Connect I 3. will 0. extend that to the end of next year to get through the holiday, but nothing mm. past 2021 for sure. Yeah. Please, please no. Yes. That's on a Thursday. Hmm. <laughs> He's doing the math. <laughs> yes, that yes. is trying to figure on out a Thursday. Where I'm going to be at work. It's July 23rd, which actually happens to be near the middle of the week that Summer Games Fest is happening. Uh, they're doing a demo fest, demo event on Xbox. This is another new news item that I'm super excited for that I didn't think I was actually going to be. And because I don't normally do demos or betas, I think they're a waste of time, but I, I don't think I can pass this up. So Summer Game Fest demo event is coming to Xbox One July 21st. This is the first time that anything like this has happened in the home space. This is going to encapsulate 60 to 100 game demos from new and upcoming games. That is there's a lot. A, there's, a, there's a lot of ID games in there. And uh, where's my thing here? Uh, so this is actually going to encapsulate a lot of the new IPs that we've seen coming. The Xbox Wire has been teasing uh, with the summer games. So games like Chris Tales or even Destroy All Humans is going to have a demo. And that really cool flying haven game where you're flying over like wheat fields and skatebird skatebird there oh my gosh is. we can play skatebird for a little bit uh, i definitely want to try that one this just it's such a unique thing that we finally get to experience not being at a convention or something like e3 and so for one week they're going to have these downloads available for you and my plan is to stream a couple hours maybe switch it up every 15 minutes and do a nice little subset of these games but this is pretty cool and it's something i would like to see happen every year to be honest and i i only know that it's happening maybe on steam like pc and xbox i don't think any of the other consoles have announced that they're doing the same thing i don't know now they did put a disclaimer to say that these aren't your typical demos so these aren't going to be demo quality uh they might be but they're not guaranteed to be these could be Shorter experiences, just kind of like, uh, hopefully not just proof of concept, but they're not going to be fully prepared demos like we used to see, like you could download on the 360. It's got to be, be like an alpha kind of a yeah. thing. So some of these things are going to be in a very early state. So 
and right. temper your expectations. But I'm while, excited. And while while I'm like I understand that, I hope that the general population understands that because I can see this as a a way for content to be created where it's, this truth. game sucks and then it comes out in two years and it's completely revamped. So hopefully it doesn't turn into anything negative for what would be a really good game. Um, but but yeah, now I think you just said it, Koosh, but you're excited for this. Are you going to download games for not achievement, but for fun that week? Absolutely. I'm, I'm just looking at some of the, uh, the screens here for like Chris Tales and uh, uh, Haven. Ooh. I know we had talked about earlier. I'm excited about that. Uh, Hellpoint looks interesting. Obviously, Skatebird uh, and Raji. I, I seem to remember seeing a little bit about that, but I don't know. I'm getting kind of uh, Prince of Persia vibes, and it says it's an action adventure. Uh, I, I'm due for a good action adventure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're going to show us more games closer to uh, July 21st, which is the the first day that this all goes down. But uh, Kenny, L, are either of you. Would you use your time to play games not for achievements on Xbox? Um, demos. Demos, particularly. Short answer, mm-hmm. yes. Anything that missed, you know um, that you're going to be downloading from the short list gonna, that we I was going to make a quick point that um, on the um, Xbox 360, you could always download demos of the... Um, Xbox Live Arcade titles. <clears throat> I'm not sure how much you're aware of this or when you started playing. And some of the games actually programmed in when you would get an achievement, it would say, oh, you would have gotten an achievement. So huh. buy the game right now and you get the achievement. <laughs> and still unlock still it. Yep. Yeah, I do remember that. And I I definitely fell for that a couple of times. Yep. That, it got me to buy Kingdom for Kathleen from that. <laughs> So and it turned out to be thing. a wonderful experience. I like Kingdom for Kathleen's. I mean, looking at these quick screenshots, I would have to echo uh, the Chris Tales for sure. That's up my alley. Well, it's got four letters there that it will scream L. As far as I know, L. J R G P. Oh, Not necessarily yeah. in that order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, um, I watched those trailers, the uh, summer trailers, and Skatebird was on there. And yeah, it might be a nice little cheapy version of Tony Hawk, so it might be, might be decent. It does it looks it looks like a relaxing skating game. But. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in Skatebird. I mean, it's always it's a tough thing. Be- there's, there's. Sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna say, um. All these indie games, we're always looking at indie games, but then we're talking about buying a brand new console, and it's like, uh, why not? Don't we want to play some some powerful games? Well, you're getting Hellblade 2. That's going to be coming soon. There you go. Let me leave you with a statement. He with the most toys wins. That's from something, I guess. Here's the thing. You may be buying an Xbox just for the upgrade because you can. I'm at this point in buying the Xbox out of desperation because I need a new one. And also for the upgrade. It's going to be excited, great. excited for the load times to be better. For, oh my gosh, yes. But I do well, see your point. You know, we're, So I can get to Foxyland quicker. Ugh. <laughs> but I do see your point, you know. 
we're getting we're gonna have the most world's most powerful console, which is basically a mid tier PC, and we're gonna go play Radalika games on it. Nothing which, wrong with Radalika games, Kenny. There's nothing wrong with some of no, them. No, they're great. But think they're of not how fast they're, they're not you the, can the get triple a visual a. novel yeah. on a series even X. faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can skip through the visual novels faster. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> X cover your ears. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I mean, it'll at least make our the other games that try to go for like the photorealism a little bit more realistic. So I can't, I can't wait for the next gen. I'm very much psyched for it. Yeah, <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, I'm hoping that this excitement, this chatter about Warner Brothers Interactive. Uh, Hoping it has something to do with Microsoft. That would be super cool. That'd be awesome. Well, speaking with next gen, we also have some I guess you could say bad news when it comes to next gen. And that's, you know, there may be a price increase with the new uh with the new games that are coming out, the new AAA games. Instead of getting them for sixty dollars, they may be going up to seventy dollars. Wah wah. I mean I see that, you know, obviously I'm spending more money on a game that's bad. I'd rather get it for nothing as opposed to $70, but it's been so long since we, we've had a, a price increase. I mean, I believe it was one of the Tony Hawk games on the OG Xbox was $50, but or if you bought it on the 360, it was $60, and, you know, they used to call it like the HD tax. So we've basically went through two genera- console generations of no price increase. I remember, <laughs> distinctly remember, being in a record and tape store. Uh, if, you, if you don't know what these are, a these what? predate CDs. And um, a what? I, yeah. talked, I talked my dad <laughs> into buying me Mega Man 2 nice. for the NES for $60. Back then, they were $60. They are still really? $60 today. Yes. Games were $60 for the NES. And um, huh, pretty sure about this. L, you want to back me up? Uh, you're right. Yeah. The price has been $60 forever. So the Weird. fact that and... games are going to $70, if, if that happens, I think it yeah, probably is true. Is it going to affect the Achievement Hunter? I was going to make Probably a point. Not. Go ahead. That I, I could point? be wrong about this, but I think I remember Fantasy Star Four having some sort of crazy chip in it that made it like a hundred dollars or something crazy like that. I, I believe it. There were some oddballs. The main, like- yeah. the The main difference between now and then is you would buy that sixty dollars game and you would play the hell out of it, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't be buying it to finish it quickly and go on to the next game. You would play it, and then when you beat it, you might start it over and play it again. Mm-hmm. You didn't get 400 games a year. You got a few, I mean, as a kid anyway. It was just a different market. You didn't have all the digital games. Yeah, that's we the one thing. Th- we had Blockbuster. We rented games uh, if you wanted that cheap, that quick hit. <laughs> But you wouldn't really buy so many seventy, eighty dollar or sixty dollar games unless you were your your parents were super rich and super generous. Uh, as far as achievements go, I don't know. Yeah, NBA, I don't... NBA, 
NBA is a different type of creature, which, it, it, um, first of all, it's not going to have the, uh, uh, what do you call it, where you get it for free on the X. Right, the uh, game, whatever. Smart delivery. Smart yeah, thank delivery. you. I remember it until I don't. Yeah, until exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think if you buy the $100 version of it, you do get it. Yes. Yeah, so there's, you can buy, if you, let's say you were to buy the, I think on if you were to buy the Xbox One version, it would be $60 or, seven, actually, no, I'm sorry, it would be $70. Or you can get the $100, $100 version on the Xbox One. So then when you get the Series X, it automatically, you know, scales you up to the nice. You get the standard one of that. Right. So leave it to EA to do something However, like that, of course. I was saying the type of people or a lot of people that play NBA 2K, Madden, games like that, they will easily, without question, pay the extra $10. They won't care. Because a lot of them, they will only play that game, or two or three, it's the type of thing I talked about being a kid, they'll play two or three games a year. They'll get their Madden, they'll get their NBA, they might get their Call of Duty, and then call it a, call it a year. Right. Uh, Freaky Row backed me up when I said this, when he worked at GameStop, he said people lined up Midnight launch for for uh, NBA 2K. Well, and I, I appreciate the uh, the bro gamers going out there and paying the seventy dollar tax for us. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think as achievement hunters, we're not going to buy that seventy dollar game unless it's Star Wars related and, uh, <laughs> and um, So for the most part, we're not going to be paying this tax. We're going to be you know paying the two dollar tax um, for the, I mean, the used game or whatever. You know, maybe a couple more dollars for digital sales. Like maybe I, I'm sh- I'm sure we're going to see digital sales get a, a slight uh, inflation as well. But we never buy things right away uh, for the most I part. I mean, look know. at look at Borderlands Three, right? I mean, yeah. the people that really wanted it pay full price, but it's already what twenty bucks. I wouldn't say twenty. It's not twenty. I would. I've seen it for twenty. There's no way it's twenty. The I mean, yeah. I mean, the, not the, the base the game. Maybe yeah, the, the base, base for twenty. Yeah. Right, the base for twenty. Yeah, I mean. Jeez, you'll As just... opposed to sixty, yeah. Wow, yeah, I've seen you it. Wait long sale. enough. You wait long enough, you'll get a, a price that works for you, uh, especially with the bar that achievement hunters buy. Yeah, I mean that is the one thing, and and we speak about this a lot. But with games with gold, Game Pass, everyone sharing accounts, it's really not that big of a deal. It going up ten dollars to me. I mean, yeah, I don't. I, are, I can't even I, think I of the last. I don't fault them. I can't think of the last uh, time I bought a full price game. Pokemon. Yeah, I, I'm trying to go. Th- I'm trying to go through my head. Trying to think sort of it's Star like Wars, I, right? All the sort games I, <laughs> all the games I paid full price for was a big mistake. <laughs> like Master Chief Collection and uh, Titanfall, Gears oh, of War Ultimate Destiny Edition, two. and then Destiny One. Two. I know. What? Oh. <laughs> I blame you, Freem. Three months from now, I blame you. <laughs> yeah, by the time two came, yeah, I mean, this isn't was... that big of a deal. I don't know. And also, the other thing, it seems kind of what's how to say? I, it seems kind of egregious for some for something like NBA to be doing this. Oh. You know, they're the first one to say, "Oh yeah, our games are going to be more expensive." Because their games are also going to be riddled with microtransactions. Now, I I'll, I don't think microtransactions are that bad. I really don't. 
I think they kind of got a lot of hate for um, unwanted hate. But yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy that, and this is also once again a very EA thing. It's kind of crazy that you know, oh hey, we're gonna raise the price and we're also gonna flood the game with microtransactions. You would think it's like, hey, we're gonna raise the price, but then microtransactions really won't be a thing. That way, you know, it kind of offsets the developer cost because games nowadays are basically like movie budgets. You know, the real high end stuff. You know, o- over nine di- nine digits. So. It gets expensive, and I don't blame developers for trying to put in microtransactions to try to help offset that cost because, you know, they got to make money too. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here just for the sake of conversation. Video game revenue year over year has increased. So the video game industry is making more money than it ever has. There's more gamers out there. There, there's more people buying right. more games, and there's a lot more competition now. Do you <clears> think that that should go into account when you're going to pay ten dollars more? I mean, people are not starved for video games, especially with services um, coming out like Game, game Pass. Pass. Yeah. Now, is there a hard and fast rule saying that because NBA went up ten dollars, that everything's got to go up ten dollars? Is that not necessarily? I think, that. I think it sets a precedent. Yeah, is that what it is? Triple A games, I imagine, will go up. I can't yeah, imagine all of a sudden rattle like us going to twelve dollars a pop now. No, they're not stupid. They they won't do that. No, that's what I'm saying. Like the indie no, games are still going to be indie price, but Triple A, I imagine, is going to be a Triple A price. That's going to get raised. Third party Triple A, I would imagine. I mean, maybe like Correct. maybe something like Microsoft would follow suit, and that just plays into their Game Pass fodder. Because those games came come day one, and you could play them. You could play a yeah. seventy dollar game day one now, not a sixty dollar game. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's, that's part of the more reason to get Game Pass. I mean, Game Pass just just became a better value. True. Unless it also goes up. Yep. But to what and, you were saying, Corey, about the revenue, I have two thoughts on that. One, I wonder if the game, if the mobile game market is a, is counted in that because the mobile game market is now that is horrible with microtransactions and getting bombarded with ads nonstop. So I wonder if that plays into it. Um, I forgot what I was going to say for a second thing I was going to say. Darn it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that that's probably in it, but I'm just, I'm also thinking COVID-19. What, what, um, what flourished and what almost died? Doom and Animal Crossing like saw a huge surge of people. So. The movie industry is like crippling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got some theaters that aren't even opening back up. So, like, home entertainment is big right now, and video games I think make up for a, a large portion of that. Could be wrong. That's just my thoughts, but oh no, I, I definitely—they're not going anywhere. You. I think you would be hard pressed to find a house, a household that doesn't have some sort of game console in it, as long as you know the average resident isn't you know eighty years old. So I'm looking at this quick statement here. Um, so PlayStation Four and Xbox One. This was in April uh, that this was posted. Those two consoles are up. 
from year over year sales. Wow. And uh, the, I'm sure COVID helped with this, but Nintendo Switch sales doubled their sales in March than what they did in 2019. Yeah, you can't find a Switch anywhere. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people like Chipper buying them and selling them up. That heathen. Thanks, Chip. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a good counter argument to this in that. And this is actually what I was trying to think of before. This is that's a good counter argument. You know, the install base now is so much larger than what it was at the start of the 360 era. You know, way way more people have it. I I, I don't know those numbers, but I would imagine it's somewhere near tenfold. And, and to kind of play on that, you know, we're getting into a new console generation and. The how powerful the PlayStation Five and Xbox One is, or X, or I'm sorry, Series X is, and then not to mention just what we're able to do for, or what PC owners are able to do with their computers. The technology is there, so I imagine the ginormous game companies are going to want to take, um, take advantage of that, and they're going to go super into it. With all the le- with the level of detail and what can we do with the physics and this and that, so maybe we see what I guess you could kind of say is a quadruple A game, which you know instead of costing a hundred million dollars, maybe they start costing four, five, six hundred million dollars to make. So that also kind of might justify a seventy dollar price tag. But then again, that also just I think it really just depends on the game. Like spending seventy dollars on a Madden to me is insanity i can't i i know there's people that's going to do it i can't imagine myself spending 70 dollars on madden at the same time you know if you were to tell me hey you red dead redemption 2 is 70 dollars mm, well I, I i wouldn't be mad at that because of the le- the level of detail in that game and what it and this ginormous beautiful world so i think that's also what it comes down to is just what type of game it is and what the price tag is on that t- on that game. Well, I mean, I, th- I think there's one other thing. I just don't, you know, I'm not knowledgeable enough to, to speak to it to great detail, but uh, I, I know that um, one of the reasons I think we're going to see the Xbox console coming lower than PS4 in terms of price is that Microsoft is going to eat uh, some profit or, the, you know, they're going to eat the cost of the console in order to sell more units, and maybe the price of games going up is to help offset that. That's uh, a good thought. Maybe Microsoft, you know, you know, has had conversations with developers, publishers, and said, "Hey, you know what? Now's the time. <laughs> like, uh, you know, we're going to heavily discount this." And you know, I think they get a certain cut. Uh, I'm sure that they get a certain cut of digital sales. So um, my guess is that the price going up does not bother Microsoft. Now, it's a very good thought. Is is that them pushing it? I don't know, Uh, but they are certainly not going to be upset about that. And maybe that will help drive the cost of the new system down uh, just a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, to that, I would be willing to bet that the Series X comes in under the PlayStation to help undercut it. And so they can try to buy their way back into the market because, you know, Microsoft's got money to blow right now. All right, rapid fire. Are we getting? Is Xbox going to be cheaper than PS4? Kenny, I think PS4. I think so. You mean oh, PS5? Sorry, PS5. 
gun to your head. Oh, yes. Especially if PlayStation announces their price first, Microsoft will 100% undercut it. Corey. Yeah, they're going to be cheaper. I think. No. I'll say they're going to be the same. The exact same. Okay. I, I feel like Microsoft is going to try to come under. But uh, I almost feel like they have to. It would be the smart move. I almost feel like they have to to try to buy buy their way back into the market because Xbox One hasn't been good for them. 360 was great. Xbox One, big time missed up. But let's continue on. Let's get into some contests. Uh, Nate, why don't you go ahead and run down the GTC? Yes. So last month was Freaky Row, Mr. Essential. Uh, and he chose Lonely Mountains Downhill. Uh, and his bonus was essentials. So food, water, shelter. We had 23 participants, people that put their uh, scores up on the spreadsheet. We had nine tag completions, so nine people completely spelled Freaky Row. We had seven bonus game completions uh, or achievements in the bonus game. And we had 49 bonuses submitted, 45 of which were valid because some people didn't complete the tag, so a couple of those got dropped off. And our winner is AZ Mongoose. Uh, as a an incentive, as a an example for everyone out there, uh, AZ he completed the tag and had one valid bonus entry. He put another one in there that I didn't approve, uh, but he still got it, so he wins. Um, and good job. So uh, let that be a lesson. You, know, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to go crazy on the uh, on the bonuses. You can just get a couple in there. We were really close. There were some people right around him that uh, could have won, and they only did a few, so it's possible. Uh, in the month of July, we have Philip Wendell, and his chosen game is Outer Wilds, uh, and his bonus bonus are proper names. These are specifically, we're looking for first <laughs> names, real or fictional, and we're limiting one per game, and I can't wait to see how you challenge that. That's going to be great. And in our patron draw, our winner is Dakota Davis. Pretty. Oh, Who's that? Dark Lord, yeah. Dino Bull, Dakota. Oh, the wrestler. Gotcha. Congratulations. That's my boy right there. Good job. Thank you for supporting the show. Greatly appreciate it. Speaking of wrestling, we have the Chewy's Challenge Championship. J Black presents Rumble in the J Blongo. So good. I gotta say kind of disappointed in myself for not being the one to come up with a wrestling related contest but <laughs> chewy and jables did a fantastic job uh basically how it works it's like the uh wwe royal rumble so how that works is two people start in the ring and every two minutes someone else comes in uh so it's basically luck of the draw uh but sometimes someone at the end will win because they got the better number or sometimes uh, someone who comes in the beginning can win if they have the endurance. So it's basically the same concept each day. A new name is drawn and we were on uh, 50 people entered, but only 27 will be drawn. So that's interesting. Um, and everyone was asked to submit entrance theme songs and Chewy has done them up and made little entrance videos for everybody when he announces them every night, which has been fantastic to see. 
And yeah, so I believe how it works is once you're chosen, you uh, there's a secret threshold you have to to meet in order to stay in. And if not, you are eliminated. Yeah, so you don't necessarily have to beat anybody. You just have to beat this secret cutoff. And I assume it's going to get harder as it goes. But I do have the first three days, as of we are recording, uh, that is where we are up to. And I have the first three days uh, objectives, if you oh. wanted to hear them. Yeah, so the first one was true achievement score. Starting off simple, fire, ice, fire and ice uh, is the his new wrestler name. And Matism were the first to draw. And they both are still in it uh, as of day three. Day one was true achievement score. Day two, they had to do ratio. Ratio consisted uh, of adding, as I find it down here, uh, and with ratio, they added Michael KV, Mikhail KV, sorry, to the ring. And so they (laughs) had to to stay above some secret number ratio. He still doesn't provide what that cutoff is post uh, post that day, uh, but they still did it, and which was a really tough one to do. On uh, it could have been tough on Bean Dive Day, uh, the day one of Bean Dive. You normally Oof. have a low ratio, so good luck to to this, those still in it. Which now include as day three was just announced, Chin Doctor is entered the ring. No eliminations yet, and today's. Objective is TA score. So that's where we're up to as of recording. And like L said, it's random luck of 50 on who gets drawn. I really hope I get drawn. This is a, this seems like a very fun community challenge to do. Well, I'll give you guys a little spoiler warning. And this will be old news by the time this comes out. My name has been drawn. So what? What? Yeah, it's a random drawing. You don't know that. You're full of. You have no power here. All right. What's your intro music? Do you really want to hear? I don't want to know. I know what it's going to be. (laughs) I already. I have really good intro music, so but I won't spoil it. Probably both. No, 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 I don't want to know what everyone is. But he got pulled. I want to know what his is. You're not pulled. You'll see it. Okay. Well, better not be pulled. Gonna hear Power Rangers, I assume, a hundred times between the both <laughs> between the both of you. I'm gonna be kicked off uh, YouTube I so wish fast. I would have thought of that. I have a good Power Rangers one, and I missed it. What? You haven't been pulled yet. You can always go back and let them know. I didn't even I think might, about I might Power have Rangers. To. I might what? Have to. Yeah, I, I that did I not just even. I you both me. would have that. Oh no, I was, I was totally just thinking. Okay, which heavy metal song do I want to go in? One thing I'm not sure about is where the number 27 came from because a traditional Royal Rumble has 30 participants. So do you have any insight into that, Corey? My only assumption is that he wanted to start after the U.S. holiday. So this did start on July 5th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just, I think that's it. Just number of days. Okay. And he wants it done by the end of the month? Mm-hmm. 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 The math... Does not add up either way, but okay. Maybe it does. Yeah, the third. Okay, yeah, it does. Got it. Maybe he just randomly drawed a number and it turned out to be 27. (laughs) 
Um, as a side effect uh, from from this contest, the community um, has been changing their ta- uh, their names to have wrestler puns. Um, some of them have been quite good, like uh, Hacksaw Jim Fuggin. Um, I understand almost none of these. That's okay. We have um, <laughs> Skeptical Mario is now the Ultimate Wario. <laughs> mean Freem Holkerland. Rowdy Rocker Piper. Yeah, I don't like mine as much. <laughs> Me neither, but I was trying to be nice and read yours. Thank you. I have a luchador named El Gordo, and if you don't know what that means, that's good. And uh, the worst one I saw was uh, instead <laughs> Chewy on Ice is a Chewy John Icena. I mean, what the heck, so that, Chewy? Oh, that one made me giggle. I know. I, it, it was pretty funny. It's very dumb, but it's the right kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, Dino Bulls is the best. I'm a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! Man goes back. Oh man! Uh, Chewy did such a good job that we decided to offer him a promotion, and he is now full time staff for us. So, welcome aboard, Chewy! Yay! We're so glad to have you. What oh, the hell? Gosh. <laughs> and that was the sound. Oh, of, yeah, that was the sound of him tethering his resignation. <laughs> we just uh, wanted to keep our arms in all honesty. No, but really, thanks for all your contributions, Chewy. And keep up your good work. They have been great. Or else. No, he threatens us. That's how it works. Our arms are always in danger. All right. All right, is it time? Can I hit the button? Hit all the Go buttons ahead, you push want. Push the button. Brag camp. Wow. That's that was the suck. Did it not echo? Yeah. No, it echoed. Yeah, there was three, my, my drag. three uh, monotone voices instead of one. Brag camp. Brag there you go. Camp. Brag That's much better. There you know what? Proclamation point. That's what it is. Lead us off, Cushy. Alrighty. In completions, we have Triple Triad 777. With a new milestone of 600 completed games. Elroy OMJ with 650 completed games. And Prue with 700 completed games. And finally, Toad Style Venom with a new milestone of 900 completed games. In completion percentage, we have Death Dealers with 59%. Getting there. Chewy on Ice with 71%. RPG Davy with 74%. Ah, uh, streaks. Mikhail KV, Jay Black, and AZ Mongoose have all earned a point on the Streak King contest with 10 day achievement win streaks. Philip Wendell, Gamertag of the Month, has hit 50 days, while other new staff member, Vulgar Latin, has hit 93 days. Why do we say 93? Well, that is his new personal best. So, good job. You tried. Let's see if he what? pulls in frame what? before he gets to 100. <laughs> <laughs> or King's been at 99. 
Wakapale <laughs> is at 2,450 days. Blue Thunder, 7,398 is at 2,600. And Big L is currently on a 2,750-day achievement win streak. Just let it die, dude. Let it die. My goodness. Can't Older than this kid. Yep. It's crazy. One of them. Moving on to achievements <laughs> one, Chesno has hit 5,500 achievements one. This is probably pre-Bean Dive. Retro Chief 1969 has hit 6,000. Dreamhole 12,500. Oz Buffniak 20,500. And Matism at 26,000 achievements one. I wonder how many of those 26,000 achievements one that Matism has won while in party with Koosh. Mm, at, at least, least four. I was going to say seven, but yes. And for gamer score, Crunchy Goblin 68 has hit 150,000 gamer score. Mark B, 300,000. Chewy on Ice, welcome aboard, 550,000. And Toad Style Venom has hit 900,000. Almost there at the million. Last stretch. And then for TA score, Big L, you've hit 1 million TA score. This is your life. But you've been beat by Prue, who has hit 1.3 million TA score. Well, it's funny that you totally asked me about my 1 million TA score. Thank you, Kenny. Um, I'll tell a quick story. It's funny that Prue hit a milestone, too. Um, Prue was there to help me cross my 1 million TA threshold. So in true Big L fashion, I was carried uh, to a milestone. <laughs> and carried to more achievements. We were playing Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. And on my RTDL, I had three achievements on it. So I said, Prue, buddy, help me out. He said, okay, L. Just do what I tell you to do. Don't die. So it was me and Prue and Michelle and her brother, Brian. And we were tasked with completing Hard World, which has a lovely four ratio. And... There's 25 levels in the game. And wouldn't you know it, I died in like the sixth level. Who would have guessed? The thing is, when you die in this game, you turn into a ghost and you can actually scare away the enemies for the people that are still in the game, which is actually pretty cool and gives you something to do. Huh. That's neat. Um, Michelle and Brian wound up dying a few levels later. So we had three ghosts and then Prue running by himself. Uh, the good news is, is that Achievements in this game pop for everybody, whether even if you're dead. Oh, that's convenient. Um, and then the other thing is, you um, if Prue has, for example, three or four lives, he, you can steal his lives and come back to life. And we decided to do that at the end, just in case it wouldn't pop for us as ghosts, but I'm pretty sure they would have popped anyway. So what happened was... <laughs> I took his last life, and then I was frozen. I could not move. I could not go up to the last thing in the game to beat the game. So I had to quit out and, and enter back into the game, and luckily I was able to move then. And because I did back this, in the groove. Hold on. Let me finish. That was a good joke. Okay. What's your joke? I already said Oh, it. I came ahead. back in the groove? Gotcha. <laughs> yes. I was back in the groove. Got it. So you were asking a question. Um... So not only did I get the achievement for completing Hard World, I got the achievement for beating Hard World without dying because 
I guess the game thought I didn't die because I came right back in at the end. Wow. So there's a cool that's little... nice. <laughs> and Interesting. I beat and I beat it without opening a single present and without popping a single earthling. So I got four three plus ratio achievements for coming back in at the end. So uh, looking at the solutions, some people were aware of this and uh, it's a trick to just die or leave, quit out and then come back in and then you can get these achievements. So uh, what Prue doesn't know is that he's offered help to anybody who needs it on this game. And he says he'll run through anybody, especially me multiple times. So, Thanks, Prue, He's such honestly. a good guy. No, honestly, you was, make fun of him all the time. I'm thanking him publicly. It hurts me to do so, but I'm doing it. Thanks, Prue. All right, my turn to read some stuffs. Eisel is now in the top 20,000 of TA role-playing leaderboard. Gainer. Debt Dealers is in the top 5,000 of USA, USA. Hacksaw Jim Fuggin Gamer Score Leaderboard. High Road version 2 is now in the top 2, comma, zero, zero, zero. Thank you for the commas for the 2,000 of the Gamer Score <laughs> leaderboard. <laughs> Big Van Volger is now in the top 2,000 of the Games Played leaderboard. Chesno <laughs> is in the top 500. And, uh, you know, let's be real. He's going to be racking in the leaderboards next week. I can't wait to read them. In the top 500 for the England Gamer Score leaderboard for fighting. And Ahizo is in the top 100 of the Arizona TA leaderboard for role-playing. Ah, just please don't go to any bars over there, buddy. We want you safe. And we got some birthdays. Hack and Pone and Tony Coconuts. Happy birthday to you guys. I believe July 7th. One last thing I want to talk about in the community spotlight. The Alpha Seagull. This is an interesting person. I'm not quite sure who invited him over to our gang, but he came from the world of PlayStation. Boo. There you go. Hiss, moan. <laughs> uh, he, I guess he was a trophy hunter. And the first thing he did was completed Fable Anniversary. The reason he did this was he didn't want to be tied to getting 100% completion, so he picked a game with an unobtainable. So he got everything he get, uh, could get out of Fable Anniversary. And then he went on a tear of Telltale games and beat like another 10 or so games. Um, so he did this on at the end of May, May 29th, and it's July 6th. And he already has over 20k TA, 1.2 ratio, and 14 completions. So welcome to our community, the Alpha Seagull. Thanks, Kenny. He's got 15,000 gamer score or so. Good job, everybody. Well, that... With that, that is show level 102. Thank you all for listening. Oh, by the way, Prue wanted to tell all the listeners also that Toe Jam is on sale for seven fifty this week. So to pick it up, and um, Sega will uh, send some of the proceeds over to um, me for supporting them. You, <laughs> you said earlier, if you say Sailway... Yeah, you're going to get a game, so you're going to buy some people Toe Jam and Ab- Absolutely not. Wow, oh, that's okay. really kind of you. Hmm. Sure, fine. Fufu's going to buy a code of Toe Jam for everyone. Yeah, that, wait, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, okay, well, that is the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. That was episode 102 in the books. You can find us. We're on the internet. All the links are in the show notes. You can send us Twitter tweets. Join in the Discord. If you if you can help us out monetarily, we appreciate it. You can you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash achievementhunting101. We would greatly appreciate it. And like we mentioned before, head on over to Twitch, check out the streaming schedule. You can see you can uh watch a stream there whenever. So thank you all for listening. Class dismissed. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Every month, more and more games are released onto Game Pass. Some of them flip through the cracks. It's time for them to regain their time in the sun. It came from Game Pass. Alright, hey, how's it going everybody? It's time for another episode of It Came From Game Pass. I'm here with Michelle. Hello. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, our couple weeks, was it, with Cluster Truck? Uh, was it two weeks? Yeah, it was two weeks of streaming and a little time in between. I think we both played a little bit beyond what we actually uh, did via Mixer and Twitch. But I think you put more time in than I did, to be fair. Yes, I almost finished Cluster Truck. I'm on the last level, and it is a lot rougher than the rest of it, but uh, we can get into that. Uh, so yeah, what so did you... before... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, so before we jump too much further into the game itself, just to recap real quick, Cluster Truck uh, was released on Xbox One in October of 2016. It hit the Game Pass service in April of 2018, it's classified as a platformer, and just in case you want that basic information, it is 13 achievements worth 1,000 gamer score and 3,807 true achievement score. Uh, I got nowhere near any of that, but how did you fare? I ended up with 11 out of the 13 for 600 gamer score uh, and about 16, 12-ish. It fluctuates, I guess. Um, <laughs> so most of it, 85% um, of the achievements won. Yeah, and I, I only wound up with five of the achievements for 110 gamer score and 175 TA, which is, I think, pretty representative of what you'll get if you start the game casually and don't play it too much further. But since you put more time into it, why don't you give the summary of what you think the gameplay is like? So Cluster Truck is a very frenetic, uh, sort of abstract platforming game, I guess I would call it wherein you start off on a moving semi-truck. You have to jump from semi-truck to semi-truck, reaching the goal in various themed levels. Uh, and the kind of the main crux of it is that the trucks um, move in very different ways or they'll crash or different obstacles will throw it off. So the platforms are always moving and you have to kind of adjust that. You're also moving in the first person. So that 3D spatial awareness really gets put to the test in it it's very very difficult yeah the game's actual official description says something like it's uh the floor is lava platformer and i think that's very accurate you essentially just don't want to fall off the trucks 
One thing that I found helpful, but not in the way it was intended, was the first time we streamed, someone had recommended to us that we change the sensitivity. Did you wind up changing the sensitivity at all? I changed it a little bit. So I started out with the base one, and I got pretty far in it. I got about five worlds in before I changed it, and then I overdid it. You can be way too sensitive, mm -hmm. uh, and that presents problems because you don't have feet either. Like You're just kind of a glow, like an orb. Uh, yeah. so it's hard to judge. And so when I'd look down, he would end up doing a front flip because he's not oriented in any specific space. So he would, he would spin around and it would, uh, make me really dizzy. Yeah, I, I agree actually. And, and the hint we got specifically was make your sensitivity higher. So here's the biggest piece of advice, at least I would have, if you're entering the world of cluster truck, there's not too much to know, right? You jump, you have to jump on the back of trucks Play with the sensitivity until you find what's comfortable for you. Just before we started recording, I decided to just try a little bit more just to refresh myself. And I actually set the sensitivity pretty low, maybe like three clicks from the lowest possible. And I finally was making progress because the way your character moves is wherever your face is going. So if you look to the right, your character is going to keep going to the right. If you look to the left, that's what your character will do. So the sensitivity and how well you control that is a lot of what will lead to your success or lack thereof when you actually get around to playing the game. Um, the other thing that the game, because the game doesn't really give you a lot of hints or tutorials, it's just kind of like, here's your trucks, go, um, is that you have a weird sense of momentum too on the trucks themselves. So if you bounce off the sides uh, or the back of the truck, you'll launch yourself a lot farther. And so a lot of it too is knowing when you need to do that um, and deal with the momentum of being on all these trucks. Right. And something else with cluster truck is there is a point system. For the most part, this doesn't matter that much. It won't affect your ability to progress through the game's 10 worlds. But there are there's at least one achievement attached to that. And I think you got that one, but I, I didn't yes. attempt it. it. There's two, actually. So uh, you need the style points, which you can convert style points, which you get at the end of every successful run to buy abilities so once you buy the abilities and to buy all the abilities uh, that's its own achievement as well okay so see this is something that's important to know if you do decide to try cluster truck uh getting back into the achievement list a little more um one of the achievements in the game is for using no abilities so uh, Devin and i actually took pretty different routes here because i kept trying to play without any ability score and somewhere around the worst worst world, which is World Four, the one with the lasers, I think you pretty much decided it was it was time to use those abilities. Yeah, uh, I was going through, and I had spent about a half hour on the same level over and over and over again uh, before I just decided to use um, an air dash. Uh, so the different abilities are crazy helpful. You can pick two. There's a movement ability in general, and then a utility ability i ended up using either a slowdown time so you could slow everything down so you could get a better sense of what's happening because it's a pretty fast-paced game or the portable truck so you can throw down a, a truck that'll just sit there um so those i used and then primarily i used a double jump and a air dash which were crazy useful for getting through the levels so those pair together, the double jump and air dash, or would those both be movement abilities and then summoning a truck would be the other type of ability you can purchase? 
the latter. So I would either pick the air dash or the double jump. And either one is useful for different abilities. So if you use that air dash, uh, what I said about getting momentum by jumping off the truck doesn't really apply as much because you can uh, use the air dash to kind of cheat it. And the double jump I used primarily to um, correct. So I could use it as a course correct. So if I was going somewhere I didn't want to be, I could use the double jump to get onto a truck or to change direction in midair. Um, so that's what helped me kind of get to... I, I got all the way to the last level. So I'm on the final boss. The game has a boss? What? Yes, there is a boss. It is in uh, 9-10, which is the hell level. You fight a like a like a robot devil, and you have to jump onto a button, which is on the, his head. So you have to climb trucks all the way around to jump on a button, and you have to do that three times, and it's insane. And one important thing to note, there are no checkpoints. No, the levels are quick for the most part. But yeah, no checkpoints. Yeah, your successful run will probably take you well under a minute for most stages. But the amount of time you spend on each stage will typically be significantly more. Now, I so you did get some abilities. And the achievement I know is to unlock all the abilities. You had mentioned that before. With the 10,000 style points achievements, what kind of things do you do to earn style points? Because I never got more than a few hundred, which was basically for crossing the finish line. So I, what I did to get the 10,000 style points was there's a specific level that has a fan and you can just stay on that fan. Uh, and so getting things like hang time or near misses, so almost being hit or not quite falling will get it. But what I did was I stood on this fan and I just waited and I got hang time because I'd stayed in the air. Uh, there's also one for staying in the air for over 10 seconds. If you do that method, you're going to get it. And I would just grind out until I felt comfortable. Uh, I would do that, and then I'd throw a portable truck, land on that truck, and then just kind of ride it all the way to the end. Um, so that's how I got those two, which are worth a pretty good chunk of change, actually. Um, the Unlock All Abilities one is uh, 543 TA. It's 150 points. Um, so it's pretty crazy. And then the Style Points is a 3 ratio. It's like 300 points 100 point achievement so yeah, this game definitely is a beneficiary of the game pass bump like stated at the top there's nearly a four overall ratio on the game but it's also been tracked by almost forty-seven thousand people on true achievements and cluster truck doesn't actually strike me as the kind of game that would normally have forty-seven thousand tracked gamers no it's i would say it's pretty niche uh it's kind of a trial and error platformer which not everyone is into i'm I'm a really big fan of it, so I really enjoyed this game, but it's not something I'd recommend to every single person on the planet. I enjoyed the game too, actually, for what it is. Uh, it depends on how you want to go into it. If you are a completionist, that no abilities run achievement is pretty terrible uh, in some ways, but if you like hard-as-nails platformers, there's a good challenge to be found here. If you're not a completionist, nine of the game's 13 achievements are just attached to defeating the levels. And two of them are for acrobatics and one's for unlocking everything. Most of that stuff, it sounds like except for that final boss battle, which is quite difficult, you'll just get as you play through and especially with the abilities to make things easier for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I would recommend, if you don't really care about getting that last achievement, it's pretty doable. Um, it's still, I think I have about eight or nine hours into the game though. So it took a lot of tries uh, of repeatedly kind of getting the the hang of it because there are some levels that took me 40-ish minutes to get past one level and there's some I did first try. 
Yeah. Don't get deterred by the fourth world, which is the laser world. I think we're both in agreement that that's significantly harder than many of the worlds that follow it. So if you get there and you get a little stuck, just keep buying abilities. If you're okay with voiding that one achievement, you'll eventually get that one settled and the rest aren't too bad. No, the the laser world, I think if I was going to give one big detriment to the game is that I do feel that the laser world is way more difficult um, and it should have been one of the later stages. Uh, comparatively, um, the time difference between those, it did not take me very many, much time to get through like the different themed worlds. So there's like a mm-hmm. medieval world and that only took me like an hour. The laser world took me way more. <laughs> I think most of my time was stuck on those lasers. Yeah, I actually think outside of the very first world, the medieval world, which is the fifth one right after the lasers, was the fastest one for me. So there is some inconsistency with the difficulty of the levels uh, versus where they are placed. But there are also some levels that have little shortcuts you can eventually look for. So the game has some verticality, if that's a word. And if you're on a top level and there are trucks that pass below you, if you time it right, you can just drop to that lower bit with and circumvent most of the level. So there are little shortcuts to look for, too. And there are entire skips. So if you're using the abilities, you can actually even skip whole sections of the level. Uh, and if you stream it, I believe there's also ways that you can use Twitch functionality to make the game harder or easier as the crowd kind of votes. Um, so I saw that in play in some other streams as well. Just be mindful that the developer is known to occasionally come in and troll you a bit, but it's all in good fun, I think. Yep. It's... There's a GDQ run you can watch where that same thing happened, and it's pretty funny. So with all that said, normally this game would retail for $15. Cluster Truck sometimes is, well, actually, it's pretty frequently on sale. And in fact, recently it's been on sale for $3.74 in United States currency. So what do you think, Devin? Would you recommend this game out of Game Pass? Do you think this is something people should try in Game Pass? Where do you stand? I'm going to say that if you are a fan of the style of platformer, so of the kind of try like difficult platformers where you have to um, you know, try repeatedly uh, and then you get that rush of overcoming something, totally. Uh, play it on Game Pass. If you see it for that 374, uh, I would go for it if it ever leaves Game Pass. I don't know if it will. <laughs> it seems like it's one of the stalwarts of the of the service. It's been there for a very long time now, like over two years, you said? Yeah, I mean, that said, though, it's been uh, 27 months now that it's been in Game Pass. And, of course, the longer something is in Game Pass, the higher the probability it may go. Um, and I feel like if this game gets announced for a closure, usually you get a two-week window. You could finish it in that two weeks. But be mindful, if you want all the achievements, that one achievement is pretty difficult to do. At $3.74, whenever it comes around on sale, though, you can get a lot worse than Cluster Truck. So it doesn't seem like a bad start either way to me. No, it's, like I said, if, if you'd have to be the kind of person that's into these kind of platformers. But yeah, the no abilities run, like I said, it's it. we've said it's very crazy. Uh, but if you manage to do it, that's uh, 1290 uh, TA. It's yeah. a six ratio. It is insane. Yeah, this is a pretty perfect example of uh, a Game Pass value add. This isn't the kind of game anyone would buy Game Pass for, but if you're idly browsing around your collection and you're just looking for something to mess around with and, and try out for a little while, Cluster Truck is easy to get into. It's difficult to master. It's frustrating without being like controller controller throwingly frustrating. 
So I think it's it's really a great uh, example of a Game Pass game that you can just jump in and try at any time and makes your subscription worth just a little more value. Yeah, it would definitely agree. Um, so yeah, thanks for voting on that uh, this month. Uh, speaking of the voting, we got the next ones that we're going to be putting up for everyone to vote for. So what do we got for this next month? Yeah, so... We uh, had, we went through and did our typical little thing that we said we do where we kind of narrow down the list. And we actually had a last minute ad, so we changed one of ours. So the list as it stands right now that you can vote from is Thronebreaker, Goner, Bard's Tale, and the most recent Game Pass edition, The Messenger. Uh, and that's the Bard's Tale uh, re-snarkled, the, uh, not the collection bard's tale yes or bard's tale 4 this is the other bard's tale right so as always we will go ahead and post a poll in the podcast discussion room on discord and if you're not on discord you can go check that out at discord.io slash ah101 and we'll have the poll up for about a week so that everyone can have a chance to vote we'll make sure to announce when it's closing very clearly so everyone can get those votes in and once the vote is done, we will be back with a quick uh, bit just to let you know what's coming up. We will definitely get that on stream so you can see us on Twitch. And uh, that's twitch.tv slash age 101. Yep. On Tuesdays, Tuesday evenings, I believe we're going to be shooting for um, 7 Central. So that'd be 8 Eastern, roughly mm-hmm. thereabouts. So whichever game you pick. And depending, uh, we will be... Uh, doing that there every week, even if it's on off weeks. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Welcome back to a, another touching episode of Milestone Musings. She likes completions. She has 500 of them. And today, she's going to talk about them. She is Pitar. How's it going, Pitar? Good, good. I don't plan to talk about all 500 completions but uh yeah this is fun i'm glad we finally got to sit down and do this yeah i mean it was just a whirlwind uh adventure there i mean it just seems like the other day you had uh, sent me that uh message that you'd like to be interviewed for this and uh you know like 12 hours later here we are (laughs) yeah 12 hours in two ish (laughs) weeks Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the uh, break there. I believe the uh, G test was still going on when we uh, uh, when I received that message, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I can squeeze it in on this final week here. And you're like, Oh, that's okay. I'll just get it afterwards. And you you did you you played your part. You definitely got it afterwards. So um, so anyway, well, a belated congratulations. Thank you on uh, on the 500 completions. Uh, we're going to go into. Uh, all of the uh, ins and outs of this and see how well you know your your completions and, and just get to know P-Tart <laughs> as the tart that she is or the P that she is. Well, <laughs> so um, anyhow, so you're a, you're a completion person, yes? Uh, yeah, very much so. I love to complete games. I like to keep a very, very high completion percentage, uh, preferably always above 95, though, it has dipped down into the 94s recently. So, Ooh. Uh, is that, uh, have you kind of fallen out of favor in the completionist, uh, um, you know, community uh, with your lowly 94% uh, as opposed to your lofty 95? 
I feel like I'm in a community of one with that. Sadly <laughs> enough, uh, I don't really hang out in circles with other people who are as obsessed as I am. I mean, I know there's those people on TA that are like super crazy about it and they're like 99% or above or die, but uh, <laughs> no. So you're, you're just, you're just kind of the, uh, the second tier of that, the, uh, yeah, you know, eh, ninety five, close enough. Uh, yeah, you know, I put in a really good effort. I did the very best I could, and you know, it's not the end of the world if I don't get that completion. But I'm gonna really, really try for it. Well, I know I'm not gonna tell you anything that you don't know since you've been working out nonstop since the the Rona broke out. <laughs> but uh, Tony Horton, P ninety X trainer, says just do your best and forget the rest. So. I'm sure that he would tell you that in regards to your 94%. So, um, so why why completions? Why why is that your jam? Why is uh, not you know obviously ratio is not your jam since uh, you know your ratio is in the uh, trash can with uh, vulgar vulgars uh, uh, with coons crawling all over it and everything. So uh, it is purple, not pink. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so why completions why did that one catch your fancy and not any of the other measurements that ta provides which are many <laughs> i don't know i feel like maybe it just fits with my personality like if i'm gonna start something i'm gonna finish it like i'm gonna follow it through and give it its best effort like i hate it like starting a project and then just abandoning it halfway through like i'm going to finish it that's just how i am you you would get along very well with my wife because she always scolds others uh i'm just gonna say others she scolds others by saying don't start something without the end in mind that's one of her favorite sayings and so uh i assume that applies to you as well yeah you, you're you started again you have the, the end in mind which is the completion right yeah your wife sounds like a very smart lady Oh yeah, and and she's just you know absolutely beautiful and everything. I'm I'm not sure if she listens to these, so I just gotta make sure that you know I, I throw those in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, so you have the 500 completions, you got the 94. percent So what's the end goal here, Petar? What what are we looking at? Oh man, that's a great question. I did set myself a goal to hit 97 percent by the end of the year, uh, which is gonna be a challenge. Uh, I'm actually just shy of 96 right now. I probably should have clarified that. I said I dipped down into the 94s, mm-hmm. but I did do some recovery work mm-hmm. on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's probably the big thing is the 97. I don't think I have like a, a number set. You caught me so off guard with this question. Sadly. Oh, awesome. That's what we do here. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've been working for the 500 for such a long time. So, I mean, I know my 500 is super small and it's significant to most of the AH101 community that already has like double the completions that I do. But uh, <laughs> with now, especially having a child, you know, gaming time is limited. So uh, yeah, definitely the last chunk of getting this 500 has been a little slower than before. So oh, yeah, that's, uh, I-, I can imagine. Yeah. That uh, rearing children while uh, gaming, I-, I can see where those two things just don't go hand in hand. I wouldn't know, but uh, I assume so. So, um, but in 500 completions in the traditional sense of, you know, 1000 per, not that all years are, but 1000 per in that five foos. Uh, is my math right on that? Uh, 500 times a thousand. That's yeah, yeah. 500. You times. are, but I have a lot of uh, 
Yeah, I have a lot of. Oh, love. we'll get into okay. that. We'll get. So, yeah, so <laughs> to reach this goal of ninety-seven percent, um, what is your strategy? Is it to try to add a bunch of games to that you know you can complete to raise it slowly, or are you going to go back and try to hit some of the ones that are already on the tag to raise it faster? I'm not sure which method is faster. I, I assume adding the ones that are already there, but. What what's the strategy here? Uh it's probably actually going to be a mixture of both. Uh I started mm-hmm. a ton of stuff when I actually attempted to do the RTDL competitively. Mm-hmm. Uh and then usually during the Christmas challenge I end up uh kind of diving stuff as a result of that as well. So mm-hmm. I still have yet to clean those up from my go at RTDL and last Christmas. So I really don't like those, you know, Loose ends just nagging me there, and I have a couple of other games that I really would like to finish off. Like, uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Thomas and I have been boosting this together, no joke, <laughs> five plus years now, and I really—it <laughs> sounds like the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's a couple of ones I really would just like to knock out and just be done with, and then, um, yeah, I definitely have some quicker ones that are in the future. My uh, backlog is definitely filling up quick, but uh, yeah, sorry, not the most exciting answer, but a good mixture no. of both. Well, I, I have some advice for you. Uh, all the rats? I, I well, I can keep it super short. I can even go, I can go, well, rat, I guess is three letters, but another three letters, A-C-A. Oh. You've only played and completed two of these jewels. Uh, Those are asterisks. <laughs> do, you, do you know which two you completed by chance? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, World Heroes and Over the Top, or Over Top. That's the, I believe, the racing game. That's kind of actually one of the, my the, my favorites of them, um, where you have to get from point A to point B in a set amount of time, and you change, you can change vehicles. Most people use the motorcycle. Um, I don't know. It's a cool little one. And then World Heroes, that's just, I think that's the one where you just punch someone in the face over and over again until they, you get your thousand points. So, sure. Um, I, I will take your word for it. Yeah. So, yeah, you, your ACA game is a little lacking. So, if you, you know, wanted to add a, a good 11 achievements to your tally at a time, that would be a good way to up those numbers. But the problem is, though, I am rubbish at fighting games and I can't oh. settle for that gentleman's 720. <laughs> well, the good news is ACA has something for everybody. So if you don't like fighting games, oh, there's other games too that are just as easy. Um, yeah, there's some that you just go and, you know, the shooters that basically have, all of them have some kind of trick to them. So um, I think you should take another look. You know, it's worth your time. It's just worth your time. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yes. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I actually did not know they had more than fighting games. So yeah, yeah, they got there's some pretty cool ones. Like uh, there's several side scrollers, uh, adventure type games, uh, a lot of shooters. But yeah, you're right, a lot of fighters. Oh yeah, a lot of fighters. Uh, a couple puzzle games here and there, but uh, there's pretty easy ones that yeah, like the the puzzle bobble ones. I, those are pretty fun. It's got it's got your favorite characters in it. It's got Bub and Bob in it and. And I, I know you're a bubble bobble person, so it seems odd that you wouldn't play at least uh, puzzle bobble. Okay, okay, you're, you're. I think you're onto something. You can literally get those that a completion in about twenty minutes, unless you're ill. Who <laughs> took like an hour and some change for some reason. We we couldn't quite figure it out even when we asked him about it. So he, he probably got lost. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a there's a Sangreas uh, of the Hidden Levels. Uh, there's a good video he has for him. So, yeah, so you might check that out. Uh, also, I, I couldn't find you on the Rat Leaderboard. So, what's your rat your rat show? I was actually trying to look that up as we were talking about that. Uh, I think last I checked, I was at twelve or sixteen percent. Oh wow! Yeah, those are even faster now. I know, and, uh, and they keep spitting one out each week. Oh, I oh, found it for you. Sorry, trust me, I know. I was wrong. I'm at eighteen percent. Okay, that's uh, there's a lot of room there. That's at least another fifty fifty completions right there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I was counting on Achievement <laughs> Fest this year, but unfortunately, that was canceled. So yeah, I, I did too. I we Mango, myself, and uh, Chin, we had some plans to hit one million and you know uh, uh, rip off our shirts and you know kind of rubber nipples or something i forget exactly <laughs> what we were going to do but it had something to do with that and uh, we were all going to get it together on the co-op game i believe so but uh yeah that I, didn't happen i'm so. so sad i missed that <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too uh. <laughs> america lost that day. so um and i guess australia too yeah yep. so, yeah yeah so uh you know i i do this other segment called vss and um so I was so pleased when you you pitched an idea to me where you have a couple of uh, top three lists uh, that you made. So let's do a uh, little impromptu mini uh, VSS here. So top three proudest completions of P-Tart. All right. Number three. <clears throat> Sorry. Number three. <laughs> number three. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dynasty Warriors Strike Force. Number the two. What? Dynasty Warriors Strike Force. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, did you want me to elaborate or just... Oh, you just elaborate. Okay. Yeah. Do elaborate or do not? Um, do not. Okay. <laughs> number two, Guitar Hero mm-hmm. World Tour. Oh. And number one, number Jillian one. Michaels Fitness Adventure. <laughs> now this one... <laughs> okay, now, <laughs> now elaborate. Now elaborate. Okay, so Jillian Michaels Fitness Adventure. Uh, I almost made it in the top ten uh, for completions uh, uh-huh. on TA. And I actually did really well at this game. I'm still on quite a few uh, leaderboards for the time for the completions on the mm-hmm. course. So, yeah, not only did I was one of the early completers, I'm s- it's still on a lot of leaderboards for, uh, yeah, the different jungle courses you had to <laughs> go through. What, what was it about it that just clicked with you? Was it her teaching style? Um, she did yell at me a lot. Okay, that's good. Um. I don't know. Uh, I was able to trick the connect into thinking I was doing certain things, which. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good applause. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't expect that. What about the other two? Oh, uh, Guitar Hill World Tour. That was just a 10 year long effort to mm. complete that one. Uh, is that the one with the, the bladder one? No, that is Rock Band 2. Oh, okay. So I'd never be able to do that one. I actually do have that achievement. Oh. Hmm. You like a camel, or what are these? <laughs> uh, I had a partner, which helped. Oh, okay, okay. We switched on and off. We did it one Saturday afternoon, and uh-huh. yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, I have a built-in gaming partner. I'm sure most of you guys yeah, know that... him. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's that's a nice advantage. <laughs> um, but yeah, it took me ten years to complete it. I uh, got help from people at Achievement Fest, uh, an asterisk guitar, and. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the bling bling achievement was the annoying one, but I also got some help with that. So yeah, 
literally probably a collaborative effort of 15 plus people to get that completion. Wow. Took a village, eh? It, it really did. <laughs> All right. What about the last one there? Uh, Dynasty Warriors Strike Force. I love the Dynasty Warriors games. And again, this was another, I found a niche group of people. And they just ran me through all these crazy high-level things, and I just got to reap the rewards. So probably cut a good... <laughs> and, you're, and you're proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was also a super fun game, and I got to know oh, these okay. people, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it probably chopped a good 30 hours off of my play by finding this group of people and kind of uh, mooching off of them. Oh, that's cool. Did you want to name drop any of them? Or? It's been so long, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see uh i'm sure better than one list would probably be another list right uh maybe top three toughest completions of my p-tart number three number three you're in the movies number two dragon age origins and number one cabela's alaskan adventures Oh man, you 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 got me concerned. I I just bought I just bought you're in the movies. I was going to use that in one of my back to back months. Are you telling me this is not going to be a good experience for me? No. Oh no. <laughs> Somebody on eBay is laughing at me right now. Like, good luck with this. Um. What, what what what's going on with that one? So you have to get really good at positioning your vision cam. And oh, no. having extreme lighting. Oh God, that's that's not what I have at all. I'm not, like live in a cave upstairs. <laughs> uh, oh, no. So yeah, to finish this game, I literally had a uh, had a, a lamp without the shade on it, and I'd move my vision cam around and manipulate it with my hand enough to where. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> terrible. <laughs> So yeah, good luck with that one. Oh, Lord. Okay. I'm sure you'll mm. have glorious tales to regale after this. But... <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. I may have to enlist Kelly's help with this. She's going to have like a flashlight on, LED <laughs> flashlight on me. And... <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, what were the other two? Oh, sorry. Uh, Dragon Age Origins. Have you played that one at all? I don't even know what that is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what is that? Is that? It sounds like an RPG it, game or it something. It is an RPG. It's... I, I just assume since they had Dragon in the name of it. So. Yeah, I, I, could, I would imagine X is just cringing right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. It, it, what, so what makes this game tough? I, I mean, speak as if so, you're talking to someone that knows nothing about it, hypothetically. <laughs> okay, so uh, in the DLC pack, there's an achievement for defeating this boss called the Harvester on the highest difficulty. And holy crap, it is difficult. Mm. Like, I. Hence the, hence the difficulty, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think the <laughs> difficulty level on this one is insane, I believe it's called. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it literally probably took me six hours. I'm talking like probably at least a hundred tries, but it turns out, <laughs> now, it, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, uh, the obvious question is here is why on earth did you add this to your tag or did you not know about this achievement on the front end? Uh, well, somebody else started it on my tag. <laughs> oh no. Is that the downside of living with someone that helps? Yes. <laughs> yes. I actually <laughs> okay. have quite a few games on my tag that are not complete because of that. 
like oh, like man. Halo Reach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, they started on my tag. I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm going to play this game. But I actually end up being one of my favorite 360 games of all time. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it so much that I went and played the second game as well. And I'd love to play the Japanese stack of the original. But hmm. anyway. Even though you'd have to go through that battle one more time. Absolutely. I know a better strategy now. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just use a lot of bows and arrows and give you and your uh, team like a ridiculous amount of potions and just set them to auto heal all the time. Hmm. And try that uh, probably a good 20 plus times and then... You must Maybe. just you just might <laughs> just, get it. <laughs> all right, all right. And what was the third one on that list? Oh, Cabela's Alaskan Adventures. Oh, I would definitely okay. highly recommend this one for you for uh, a back-to-back challenge. Oh, nice. Uh, so, what do you, I assume you just run around and shooting animals in the in the face, kind of. Thing? Uh yeah, yeah, absolutely. In the face that's is the, that's the best the place. It, yeah, <laughs> that's precisely. The whole game. <laughs> uh, all right. Except the last level. You have to find these red squirrels in the woods. Oh man, squirrel hunters! You got to shoot them with. You got to shoot them with a bow and an arrow, and their hide is stronger than tanks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the army should invest in the squirrel hide because it is impenetrable. Like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just picturing like a, a, a Dragon Age. Uh, you, you get an armor that is uh, ginger squirrel. <laughs> It's a you know armor plus twenty or something. It is re- these squirrels were ridiculous. Like <laughs> it's yes, that is like my one like distinguishing memory of that game is just spending so much time trying to shoot these squirrels because you only have a limited amount of time and you have it all lined up and then oh no, never mind. It didn't actually go through them. Or it or takes seven <laughs> arrows to kill them. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh well, you know, they they survived the Alaska winters and so, you know, they're they're a little little tougher than the average squirrel, you know. Take eleven arrows. I mean couple to the knee. I mean I grew up I, I mean I live in Michigan, a big hunting state, and I mean I yeah. don't hunt myself, but if I recall, in reality, you don't need 11 arrows <laughs> to shoot a squirrel. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, now did it, does it keep the arrows stuck in them? So, like, when you finally do get the, <laughs> when you go over to collect the pelt, I, is it got, like, 11 arrows <laughs> yes, sticking out? Yes, it of does <laughs> run around with the 11 <laughs> arrows. Oh, man, I'm going to have to play it just for that. <laughs> That'd be hysterical. Oh, shoot. Yeah, uh, can you actually shoot more into them when they're dead? I I don't remember. I this oh, is this okay. is one of my oldest completions, but uh, okay. I I do remember the military strength squirrel hides. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good stuff. All right, man, two lists. How about a third one? Whoa! <laughs> uh, no. Top three favorite completions by Petart. All right, number three. Warriors Orochi. All uh, right. Number two, Magic the Gathering Duels of the Planeswalkers. Whoa. And number one, Viva Pinata. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I say, you should know about Viva Pinata. Yeah, I was going to say, the number one <laughs> one, I, I knew this, but uh, well, I don't know about the uh, Warriors of whatever that was. <laughs> uh, have you played any of the Dynasty Warriors games? I don't 
again, I honestly don't even know what that is. Is it a, a beat 'em up or what is it? Um, it is a hack and slash game. Oh, okay. okay. Um, no. Big franchise. Uh, I started playing it. Uh, <laughs> is it really? It is. I've, it is a big I've franchise. I've never even heard of. I've never even heard of it. How long ago did this one come out? Uh, well, the franchise, uh, the original one, I played on the PS One. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I used to play with my friend back in high school, and I just <laughs> loved the game since then. But forwarding to Xbox 360 time, uh, there's an entry in the series War- Warrior Cheese. Warriors Orochi uh, combines the uh, Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors Legacy. They uh, are a series, and they come together to fight the uh, the evil uh, boss of Orochi. So, yes, that was probably more than you ever cared to know about those games. There you go. I feel like I've played them already, so <laughs> there's no need for me to even go look them up. <laughs> but anyways, I love these games. It was the first time I had played the mashup version. It was so much fun. I loved it. It was great. And yes, if you even remotely like the Dynasty Warriors games, Warriors Orochi, the first one is a fairly straightforward, fairly simple, nothing crazy. Because the Dynasty Warriors achievement list in the most recent games, they have gotten crazy with their achievement list. Like, they're ridiculous. They're like 200 plus hour games. But Mm. this was still back when they were actually. You know, they could be done in a reasonable amount of time. So, all right. And then, what was the uh, second one on that list? Uh, Magic: The Gathering: Duels of the oh, Planeswalkers. Oh god, that's why I forgot it. Yeah, that's why I forgot it. <laughs> uh, so, I've always loved uh, collectible card games, and uh, this is actually what taught me to play Magic: The Gathering. So, uh, Thomas like, "Hey, you should learn this." So, I played it, and then I'm like, "Oh, this is really fun." So, then I actually started to play paper magic competitively and i can all thank that to playing this game that learned that taught me how to play you know the basics of playing the 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 tabletop game all right i'm assuming you have not played the tabletop game or any of these games you know i uh, i've i've gone to pax several times and uh at pax they talk about magic the gathering i was probably as close as i've ever gotten to it and they tell they always love telling a story about how they took a sprite can and they gave it like some their best cards and it uh took second place in like this national tournament or something like that a sprite can and so i assume there's a lot of strategy involved with this game uh yes very much so so much um, that a sprite can can take second place in a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so none of your students bring magic cards to class or anything like um, that? Yeah, every once in a while. I think it, it's there's a couple. It's kind of got its little following. And they those kids always kind of gravitate to each other. And um, yeah, I've probably had maybe 20 kids that have been into it over uh, 14 years, maybe. Something like that. That it's sounds about huge. right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a huge group, but uh, yeah, yeah. But okay, I, I I know nothing about it to add to anything of meaning to it other than that the the sprite can. Oh, I do know some magic stuff. The, I saw a Mexican uh, magician once. He he goes uh, uno, dos, and then he disappeared without a trace. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Wow. That's all I got. So I got an important question about you regarding Magic the Gathering, though. This is a super important question. Uh, Well, 
I think it's an oxymoron right off the top because I, if you pull out those cards, I don't think there's any kind of gathering going on. It seems like people would scatter, but go ahead. Okay. How do you tap your mana? How do you tap your mana? Yeah. How do you, Elroy, OMJ, gen- tap your a mana? Gentleman, a gentleman never reveals how he taps anything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see, mana, so if you need to tap your mana, uh, I guess you would flip over a card that has some blue on it, and, uh, because mana is usually blue, and, uh, health is usually red, so let's just say you you just flip over a blue card. How about that? If Fufu was here, he'd be convulsing right now. (laughs) I I know nothing about it. I I honestly don't. Am I close? (laughs) Yes. Yes, you were absolutely 100% was, spot on. Was I closer with the Mexican magician? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. You were totally ready to go play some Friday Night Magic. Oh, man. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so, you know, uh, there was a third one on that list. Uh, as much as I enjoy talking about Magic, the Gathering and all. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite uh, 360 title of all time, uh, Viva Pinata. Oh, yes, yes, I've heard of it. Uh, you actually helped me with that, with a chew, chew of corn, I believe it was, yes. once upon a time. Yes, I gave you some of my chewnicorns. Yes, I, I treated them well until I killed them, I think. And um, But yeah, they, they were very helpful. They, they got me the achievement I needed, and I, I bred them, I think. I think that's what I needed them for. I, I can't remember. You needed... You needed it. No, you needed it to heal its tears to heal another pinata from sickness. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Oh, come on. It's almost, like you, it's almost like you've played these games and all, all the stacks and all the variations of them. You know. And it's not like I played it for Thomas either, so. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, sure. Uh, so what what is it about these uh, lovable little pinatas that you love so much? Um, well, that, uh, obviously the cute factor. Like, uh-huh. I mean, that's amazing. But honestly, like, I think you guys already know this about me that I really am into like the simulation management games. And this one just absolutely sucked me in. I remember the very first time I played it, uh, Thomas had recommended for me to get it. And I started it like nine o'clock at night. And next thing I know, it's three o'clock in the morning. And (laughs) (laughs) it just, it absolutely sucked me in. I loved it so much. And I don't know. It's just so fun. Like it's still fun and enjoyable for me to play after uh, getting all the achievements. It's just I don't know. There's something about the game that I just absolutely love. And I, I, well, yeah. I think you're onto something with that whole suck part. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not too bad. I, I don't know. It's just not my my kind of game. But yeah, it. Uh, Oh man, I, I can never figure out all these things were coming around, killing everything, and I don't know. It just got stressful all of a sudden. Like, uh, like everything's all hunky dory, and then all of a sudden, like a hundred different things start invading your garden and killing everything. And I don't know. It just got stressful. I didn't need that stress. Well, see, and that's the part of the allure is figuring out. Okay, what's going on? What do I have to fix? You know, you finally figure out. Oh, this pinata doesn't get along with this one, or. I have mm-hmm. to fulfill this certain requirement to get rid of this evil pinata that keeps attacking my garden. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, it's just, I'm very drawn to like that type of game. Like, I don't know. It just, it was amazing. Like it's, sim- it's simple, but 
just, I don't know. I wanted to collect all the pinatas. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was trying to get through as fast as possible. And the fastest route I saw was uh, creating, I think they were called red hots uh, by sending your, your little flying things into the flames. And uh, then they turn into something else and then you sell them immediately. And then you get like, you can cash out and get a lot of money off of it. Yes. You are. That's what, that was that was the approach I took. And man, those things would fly all over the place. I'm telling them, go into the flames, and they just fly everywhere. And I don't know. They they just stopped listening to me. I guess they saw what happened to all their friends. But. <laughs> Maybe it's how you treated your unicorns. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I afforded it. Well, it was how I was going to afford them until, you know, I got a benefactor. And then, well, that was you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I, I suppose we should uh, keep this rolling here. Um, so, but that was very interesting. Uh, the, thank you for uh, putting those lists together. That was, that was very cool. Um, so let's go back to the fall of 2019. Can you, can you put yourself there mentally? I think I can. I did have okay. a child then. Okay. So you had 460 completed games on the 14th of October of 2019. That was, you know, pretty comparable with other gamers in the TA community. Um, <laughs> Hypothetically, let's just say someone named Elroy OMJ had 460 on the 7th of the same month. So pretty much neck and neck. And then on November 16th, 2019, shortly before the intervention, you had the gall to create a gamer goal, <laughs> which was to beat the completed games count of Elroy OMJ. <laughs> Sounds about right. You were filling your oats then, huh? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, since then, um, well, I took a screenshot, uh, here, I'll send it to you in, in Discord. Um, I'll just let you, uh, uh, kind of take a gander at that. Um, I, I think what I'm trying to say is that you kind of lit a fire under me a little bit <laughs> and I appreciate that. And, you know, we later sorted it all out in the intervention and, and, and you've since changed your ways and we're all happier. Uh, but, uh. My slow internet finally sent it to you. Oh, I there see that. And do, do you see where the around the October of, <laughs> <laughs> of 2019 is? You, you decided to start completing games. I did. I did. For those of you that can't see it, and why would you since this is a, <laughs> uh, a audio medium, but uh, it appears that there's an X on the screen in the sense of one is just diagonally going up across the other one. And uh, I think an X is a, a fair statement for that. i'd also like to point out that mine like slowly is raising and then all of a sudden yours is like (laughs) (laughs) just like like two ships passing in the night it was over oh shoot no but uh yeah yeah you should somehow get a little uh baby icon for your 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 line there and just put little baby icons where they where the drop them at you know so but i decided to give you our time for that all right, so are you ready for some pie? Sure. All right. <laughs> well, I like to serve pie on a milestone musing, so I have a completion pie for you, okay? Okay. So, yeah, it's a nice pie. Baked it myself. Oh, is and, this the uh, pie that Dinable couldn't figure out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or no, 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 it was your uh, G-Task interview. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah. No, I think Hatton was the one that struggled the pie. And then uh, he took his pie to the bathroom and played Minecraft. I think that's <laughs> how it happened. So the interwebs say that 
there's about eight slices in a standard pie. Some some say six, but others say eight. I went with eight because the smaller the piece, the better you your arteries you know your arteries will love you. So I went with eight slices since you're eating smaller pieces. Now, of this pie that I made, you can cut into eight slices. Approximately, this is your completion pie. So you have 500 completions in this pie. So of this pie, how many pieces of the pie do you suppose would be completions from the Xbox One? Xbox One, probably three. That's not bad. I'll take it. It's just over two slices. It's more like two and a quarter. Okay. It's Yes, it's 30% of the pie. Um, that is... Uh, Xbox One. So, man, you're you're good at this. Okay. How much of this completion pie do you suppose is the 360? Seven. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. I have eight. Not I was just saying, you know, didn't you just make fun of someone for not knowing how to eat pie or divide up a pie? And uh, we. I thought the yeah. pie had 10 slices. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, uh, okay. Uh, sorry. If, yeah. If there's eight slices, uh, I'd say five or four okay. and a half. Yeah, it's just over four. Okay. It. Fifty fifty four percent of your completions are on the Xbox three sixty. Um. So we'll get back to that in a second. All right. And let's just finish off this pie. How much is Windows Phone? One. Yeah, just under one. It's ten percent. And then, how about Windows? Uh, is that even a slice on there? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's absolutely correct. It's half a slice. <laughs> we'll put it back in the fridge for later. It's 5%. Mm-hmm. All right. So, why the 360? Why is 360, even though the proliferation of easy games on the Xbox One, yet the 360 is still your jam? So, why is that? Well, uh, I spent a lot of time on the 360, and I was a very late adapter to the Xbox um, mm. I think I got it two or three years after its release, the X-Bone. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the X-Bone came out, I also took a huge break. Because uh, I started gaming actively in 2011. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere there in the middle, I took like two and a half to three years off. But yeah, uh, since then... I returned back from my break. That's when all my uh, X-Bone gaming has occurred. But yeah, everything leading up to that. I spent a lot of time on 360 back in the day, uh, you know, pre-kid time and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just working with my two part-time jobs. So I had a lot more gaming time uh, back in the day. And plus, I think the biggest part of it is uh, I was really active on the website 360 Voice. I don't know if you were involved with that at all, Elroy. (laughs) I've never heard of it. Wow, that just... Oh, that hits in a deep place. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know what Xbox Achievements is. Oh. I, I, barely. barely. Oh. I, 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 <laughs> if, if you look at that chart I sent, you can see where I actually came on. And uh, I was kind of late to the party, so to speak. I mean, you at least used the X360A site for uh, your all your Japanese visual novel guides, right? I, I finally figured that out. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I did. Anyways, there was a far superior site uh, called 360 Voice, and I was actively involved in there. I was on staff there, and I was involved in a lot of the community. We did a ton of community challenges, and most of it was gamer scoring or completion competitions. So 
you know, back in the day, those quick and easy eight to 10 hour, you know, 360 games, Mm -hmm. I've played a lot of them. So, oh yeah, I see that. So pretty much anything under 10 hours, I've probably completed it. (laughs) So do you, uh, do you just enjoy that graphic style, the little choppiness of it, uh, the the dull graphics? <laughs> or uh... I didn't have much point of comparison. I was just trying to get the Chivos <laughs> for the competition. <laughs> well, I was just curious if you still feel that way, or is it uh, has the uh, allure of the 360 kind of passed in time? Um, I don't know. Like, I still play on it sometimes, but I mean. I don't know. I played a lot of garbage and I even recognized it was garbage then. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just play a game and then, I mean, I guess, I don't, there's pictures, there's pixels. It's, you know, there, there, yeah. Most games have those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care anything about graphics either. So, okay. I I'm, feel a little bit better about saying uh, that. Shoot. Look at the way I play. I mean, shoot. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd rather just, you know, all the games I play, the more it's like a game I played when I was a kid, the better it is in my mind. So that's why I like the rats so much. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So, all right. Now, uh, let's take a look at uh, some first. How about that? All right. So, do you know off the top of your head what your first completion was? Dynasty Warriors 5 Empires. All right. And uh, do you? That, that's that's a hundred percent correct. Do you know what day that was on by chance? Uh, I think it was Year? in February of 2010. That's pretty close. It was actually on Cinco de Mayo of 2010. Okay. Yeah, yeah May fifth. So, uh, yeah. So that was uh, your first completion, first 360 completion. And I thought just. Probably that since uh, you uh, spoke, so, is that part of the uh, Orochi thing? <laughs> uh, it is part of the Dynasty Warriors okay, series, so I, but yes, I, you were correct. Okay, so I assumed you would get that one correct, but how about this one? What is your first X Bone completion? Oh, that is a good one. Uh huh. Oh, we ask good questions here. It's not Magic Duels because I abandoned that game. That is correct. Because uh, it glitched on me. It was. Oh, the golden rule. Um, Yeah, that one actually royally screwed me over. I think people have already heard my tale of sadness on that one enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hear you. Um, Man, I'm just drawing blanks. I feel like it had to have been a free-to-play game, because I didn't have a whole lot of X-Bone games at first. I believe it was games with gold, maybe? Don't quote me on that. (gasps) Oh, was it Slime Rancher? No, no, oh. no. One slime rancher. This game, I believe, was out before that. It uh, is a cutesy game. Okay, that's no surprise. It's uh, got uh, it's a a turn based. Uh, I don't know. One of those games where you like line up and then you hit them and then they hit you and then you hit them. I forget what you call those games, but okay, you lost me after cutesy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's uh. Costume Quest 2. Oh, it's a yeah, turn-based yeah. RPG. <laughs> Come on. Okay, yeah, turn-based <laughs> RPG. Okay, I don't sure that was RPG. I don't know. I know it was turn-based something. But yeah, yeah, Costume Quest 2. You uh, finished that one on June 23rd of 2016. So yeah, the X-Bone had been out for a couple years by then. So you're right about that when you were talking about 
you know, being a late adapter to it. So, huh. Well, before you finished your first Xbone completion, do you know what happens to be your first Windows completion? Uh, is it? No, it can't be Tinker, is it? It's either Tinker or Fallout 3 PC. See, those are Xbox Windows for, those are games for Windows Live. Oh, my apologies. Yes. Okay. And I only know that because I looked that up and you just spoiled one of the next questions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, the first one on the surface then. Hmm. Uh, it was in 2013. Windows 8. Windows 8. Was it one of the Microsoft games? Like Minesweeper? Uh, uh, I don't know who published it, but you definitely use uh, the keyboard, I would imagine. Um, was it Taptiles? No. Um, hmm. I don't know. There's a character in the name of the title that was, I believe, in Mortal Kombat. I was about to say Alo Milo, but that is definitely <laughs> not correct. Um, Alpha Jax. Alpha Jax. I would have never guessed <laughs> yeah, I think isn't Jax like one of the enemy or one of the people in Mortal Kombat? I'm not sure. About I'm that. not Some, sure. I've never played yeah. Mortal Mortal Kombat. I didn't. I haven't played it in forever. So, and then uh, of course I have to ask, what is your first Windows Phone completion? Uh is it Flowers? Nope. Um, it's got to be one of the easier ones. Collapse. It, no. It's one. It's, I don't know that it's worth even two hundred points. Bug Village. No. <laughs> it's um, one of those little uh, ones that. It's a game that's been on Windows forever. Uh, Microsoft. Uh, Minesweeper. There you go, Minesweeper Windows Phone. That was in 2012. So your first completion on 360 was in 2010. First on Windows Phone was 2012. Uh, 2013 for Windows, and then 2016 for Xbone. And that leaves us with Games for Windows Live. <laughs> I think I've only completed three. So you have. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you know what those three were? You already named two of them. Viva Pinata you know? PC. There you go. Okay, so Fallout 3. Uh, I assume you did it the way everyone else did. Mavis Beacon, uh, Mavis Beacon uh, yeah, Fallout. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, okay, so... Let's see. Uh, let's take a look at your intervals here. So you, to get to 500, you took a little, you know, uh, <laughs> a few days to get there. Uh, so I kind of divided it up to look at your 50 game intervals oh, here. So this is gonna be brutal. So, <laughs> so any guesses what your slowest uh, interval was? So you got one to 50, 50 to 100, and such and so forth to 500. So. Any guesses of whereabouts your slowest period was? I'm going to guess. I, I, this is going to be bad. I, I'm already forewarning you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm guessing. I, I'm going to take a guess. My longest interval was three years. And I'm guessing it was from 250 to 300. No, 200 to 250. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, I didn't actually divide it up by years. Let me... Uh, you are surprisingly very close on all aspects. It was actually 3.73 years, or 1,364 days, 
And it actually was your first guess. It was from 250 to 300, uh, covering a span of 2014 to 2017. Yep, that was my big break. There you go. Man, you nailed it. Uh, would you like to take any a stab at what your fastest 50 were? Oh, geez, probably Achievement Fest when I went in 2017. So maybe my 250 to 300? That was your slowest. Oh, sorry. Uh, 300 to 350. No, it had been Achievement Fest 2019 because I did really well. No, or was it 2018? It had been 20, Achievement Fest 2018. So mm-hmm. that was probably 350 to 400. That is an excellent guess. It was actually your second fastest, and I can definitely see the uptick there. You went from 1364 uh, to get to 300, and then to 350 took you 187, and then to 400 took you 152, but there was one that was 148, and it was actually from 50 to 100. It was your early on, from 2011 to 2012. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I did the Completion Club Challenge on 360 Voice. Well, there you go. It all comes together. So, um, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, all right. So let's take a look. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So it's time for a guessing game. Uh-oh. You know what? On, <laughs> on Musings, I always like to close it out with a nice little quiz to see if you know your completions. Well, usually it's know your achievements, but in this case, it's completions. So uh, since I don't have a an achievement to read to you, Actually, going back into the uh, the vault of the early Chief Wizards, and I have a description of the game. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so you just uh, tell me which game this is, and um, uh, and you'll go ahead and get your you know point. There's, a, there's 10 points to be awarded here and a bonus point, I think. Uh, you I know that I did terrible when you did just the yeah. game description Cheese Wiz, but right? These are, <laughs> but these are your games. Okay. These are your these are these are your completions, Peter. You should know them. Like it's like your you know little you know followers. I mean, these are you have conquered these games. You've played them. I know you've played them. <laughs> some, <laughs> or I know Thomas has played them. <laughs> yeah, some are just ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so what I did is I went ahead and through your list, and I went and I took exactly. But now, see, it gets a little mixed up on the dates of when you got them because you have yours set to that weird DLC thing where if you finish it later, then it boosts it up to the front of the list. So the dates were a little off. You on mean it, the but... correct settings? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to go through, and this is what is currently listed. So it could change if you go you know, with some other DLC and you go ahead and, you know, what? So. Uh, they release it or whatever, and then, yeah. So this is what's currently your. Your first, your 50th, your 100th, your 150, et cetera, et cetera, to 500 completion. So you should at least get the bookends here. All right. All right. So let's go with number one. I think you already know the answer, but in case you don't, it is in blank. The armies of the kingdom are at your command. The player's ultimate goal is to conquer the 25 regions of ancient China and build an entire empire. (sighs) Using cunning diplomacy and uncompromising force. See, doesn't it make you want to play just based on that description? (laughs) Maybe it was only two regions. (laughs) Sounds a little quicker. Uh, Dynasty Warriors (laughs) 5 Empires. Ding, ding, ding. All right. You got, see, you're one for one. You're at 100% here. Okay. For number, for your 50th completion. 
Players will face raw danger as they encounter the fierce animals on Earth, including lions, grizzly bears, jaguars, and more. Accurately modeled blank equipment in the game means the firearm, tactics, and gear are all realistic and precise, but this won't always help in the face of an unpredictable open environment packed with avalanches, elephant stampedes, and piranha-infested waters. Oh, Cabell's Dangerous Hunts, uh, it's either 08 or 09. I'll give it to you. It's 09. Yes. <laughs> Man, look at you. You thought you would do poorly. All right. See, you're I was going to guess never. African Adventures, but then you started talking about other climates. So Yeah, and piranhas. You know, so yeah. <laughs> avalanches. Yeah, the avalanches. Oh. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's funny that you brought the, one of those up already. Alaska, I believe. Right? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it seems that you like shooting animals in the face. So that's awesome. Uh, again, back in the day, these were quote unquote easy completions. <laughs> All right. Number 100. See, so we're just walking through. It's like a walk down memory lane. You see what we're doing here? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. There's something strange and frightening happening in the middle of New York City's Central Park. Something whispered to have been intentionally kept secret. Something that players are compelled to explore in blank. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is your 100th completion here, so... uh... Yeah, see, back in the day, I didn't. I just kind of went right through and didn't make the bookend special. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My only thought was Superman Returns, but I know it can't be that. It is not. Okay. You don't remember anything about New York City Central Park and some strange and frightening <gasps> happenings? Oh, it's Alone in the Dark, isn't it? It is Alone in the yes. Dark! Man, look at you, three for three, my gosh. Yeah, that game was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> actually the worst. the worst again another uh, recommendation for you for back to back all right yeah I, well this month i'm supposed to be doing really terrible games so maybe i'll consider it uh yeah all these are great candidates for that actually <laughs> alone in the dark is probably in my bottom three like it was really bad <laughs> was it difficult or just terrible terrible like oh i can do terrible uh the controls are the actually the worst <laughs> controls I've ever experienced on any oh. game. Oh man, that's that's Jet Force Gemini for me. But yeah, that's, yeah. Good luck that's, driving that's... through the park with when bats are trying to take your vehicle away. Oh dang, I hate that stupid bats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wasn't Batman though, right? I, no, these were literal bats hauling oh, off okay, with your vehicle. Okay. Well, you brought up Superman. I just make sure. Okay, that's not like Batman's a superhero anyway. So all right, so. 150, number 150. Enjoy the ultimate makeover of Blank in the brand new luxury edition of the hit time management game for high-end devices. Oh, I know this. It's Sally's, uh, it's not, no, it is Salon. Sally's Salon Deluxe. There's a couple of renditions of Sally's. <laughs> what I actually read it to you already in the brand new luxury edition of the hit time management game. <laughs> so yes, yeah, salary salon luxury luxury edition on the Windows Phone. Yeah, you didn't even need to hear about the uh, beautiful old ladies and the punk rockers and the impatient celebrities. <laughs> yes, congratulations. They, yeah, that that it's all true aspects of the game, but yeah. <laughs> 
Sorry, luxury Peter, makeovers. I do. Peter, did you study for this quiz? <laughs> because you are killing it. Oh, thanks. I actually did not. Hence, I flubbed my way through the other parts. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 200. See, we're getting to the recent stuff now. Well, actually, was this before your five-year hiatus or anything? Three, 3.7 year hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. I just rounded up. Get ready for controller-free moving and grooving as you dance along with blank, 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 and blank in blank. Stay active as you twist, tap, shimmy, and shake to 30 popular favorites and blank hits like Dancing in the Street. <laughs> we did it. Rhythm is going to get you. Nickelodeon Our... Dance? Yes, that is it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to, there's a lot of stuff that I had to blank out there. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I kind of knew what it was, but I, I was just enjoying hearing you read the description. <laughs> yeah, blank, 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 in blank. <laughs> I think that's uh, a record for blanks in there. So, <laughs> all right, uh, soon. Okay, well, I can you run the gambit? Can you go eleven for eleven here? Hmm. All right, number two fifty. Since nineteen ninety eight, you've been waiting for this moment. Your chance again to stop blank, the mightily ugly witch from turning blank, cute sister, blank into a monster. This is blank, the first adventure. Now, lovingly enhanced and packed full of its original platform. Yes, my goodness. Uh, do you see a trend in all these games? Because I sure do. We They're got... amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where did Alone in the Dark come from? That sounds, sounds like that's, a terrifying game. But, yeah, that's uh... the outlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that and shooting animals in the face, piranha waters <laughs> Sorry, and everything. What was, but... what was your trend? <laughs> Yeah, it's like you went from really violent games at the beginning, and now we've had Sally Salon, Nickelodeon Dance, and Banjo and Kazooie all in a row. So, all right. I think 300 might give you some trouble. I don't know. Uh There's not much here. All right. 300. Blank is a breathtaking 3D pixel art adventure that will challenge your religion and your platforming skills. Did you say that again? I think I can. (laughs) Blank is a breathtaking 3D pixel art adventure that will challenge your religion and your platforming skills. Is it Charlie Murder? No. Unless that's... No. (laughs) (laughs) It is not. It's not Pixel in Axel. It is not. Um, I think the key there might be the Challenger religion. I think there might be something to that in this game, maybe. Yeah, that's why I originally thought Charlie Murder. Um, I've never played this game, but I assume it has some big part of it, judging by the title. Oh, shoot. Nothing is coming to my mind. What year did I play this? um, In year 300, whatever whatever year that was, you might run into part of the title of this game while you might shoot it in the face. Hmm. Yeah, I'm stumped on this one. I I, I have to break my streak. I have literally no idea. 
Well, it's a good thing we got that extra credit question in there. So it is the dear God. Oh. <laughs> Uh, did, that ch- did that challenge uh, your religion no, and platform skills? No, I didn't skills? know there was any religious connotation in that uh, game I've, at I've all. Never pl- well, I, I assume God in the title, and I, I, I've never played it, so I don't know. I, okay. Yeah, you're missing out on that one, too. That That's another uh, real <laughs> gem of the game. Yeah, I mean, in the title, it says it will challenge your platform skills. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> all right. Number 350. I was really proud. Now, this game... There's actually a hint with this one. So if you need it, I got a hint. For okay. You. Number 350. Inspired by an arcade classic, Blank is retro space shooter that pits you against an enemy more dreaded than a UFO, a scoreboard. Is Would it, you like the hint? Is it Super Destronauts DX? <laughs> it is Super Destronaut DX. I, you didn't even need the hint. <laughs> Would you like to hear the hint anyway? Sure, I would love to. All right. The hint would have been the sequel of this game is regarded by many, and by many I mean at least one person, to be just like Doom. (laughs) That would have actually confused (laughs) me. That would have made it worse. (laughs) What? I mean, the sequel is obviously just like Doom. I I think this may have been my first rat. (laughs) Really? Wow. That's an... I, I see. I can find you on this on the leaderboard. So uh, well, I can, I, yeah, because I played this at Achievement Fest. Oh, okay, and that's when the rats got their their little hooks in you, and you're like, "Oh, I gotta get more of these." Yeah, and then I stopped at eighteen percent of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just took three years off from rats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I have no doubt that you will get number four hundred because this seems to be the kind of game that is right in your wheelhouse. Experience a surreal 1920s-themed production. I said, not know if you get it off that. Nope. Filled with danger, deception, and drama. A little girl. Her imaginary friend. The power to become your shadow. To shift between a 3D dreamscape. Oh, uh, Wis- Willow of the Wisps? Willow Wisp? No. No. Okay. To shift between a 3D dreamscape and the 2D shadow world, cast light on a shadowy story, and become enveloped in the seduction of this sultry jazz soundtrack. Explore through gameplay in the world of blank, lights, camera, magic. Oh. Wow, I jinxed you on this one. I thought you for sure you get this one. I thought <laughs> for sure you get this Ah, uh, see, good hint. Uh, you probably have the stack, if I was to guess. It's on the 360 and the Expo. Oh, contrast. There you go. All right. There, see, you just need a little. Yeah. Since, since the last hint was completely unhelpful, I thought that would give you a yeah, bit Yeah, so. that was actually a really surprisingly good game. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. I had a little problem jumping over that little pit without dying. I don't know. It, it was all janky with the controls. It took me a few tries, but other than that, it's pretty straightforward. Okay, yeah, if you thought that was janky, you definitely should not play Alone in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, a, that's some responsive controls. Uh, oh, oof, oof. All right, now, for number 450, I must say, I did not make this up, that... This is legit your 450th completion. The description is 2019 Game of the Year winner. <laughs> <Any more? laughs> 
that's Do you it. Need more? <laughs> Do you need more? Is it Iron Snout? <laughs> it is Iron Snout. <laughs> Golly. I, I am thought it was so, a real description so... at first. But then... <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I added the, uh, you know, I just made sure. I just, I, if it won an award, I decided I'd put it at the front. End. So, uh, but the actual description is this little piggy ran into a pack of wolves and gave them the beating of a lifetime. One of the best descriptions ever. I am so proud of you that you made this your 450th completion. Yeah, that was totally on purpose. Yeah, I am. That is, I I mean, I I, I feel like we just really bonded just now. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, number 500, which has a little story, I suppose. Jump into the ultimate toy sandbox and build the blank of your dreams. Create colorful railway. That doesn't count. (laughs) Decorate beautiful towns. Transport community passengers. And even ride your blank. What? That is totally your 500th completion. That's what it listed on TA, so it's got to be true. (laughs) So for those of you that didn't know, her 500th completion is tracks the train set game <laughs> is there any reason why tracks took you three and a half weeks to get finished because i know that's the one you wanted is your 500 completion i was hoping you wouldn't notice <laughs> yeah so I, if you live by those settings you die by those settings so if anybody ever asks that is your 500th completion dear p-tart <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it also did not flag a milestone of 500 when I completed it. <laughs> well, why don't you explain to the good people what actually happened? Because <laughs> I can't believe that we've gotten this far without me actually asking you what your 500 completion was. So, <laughs> my, so actual, my actual 500th completion before I was robbed and went back to 499 with it. <laughs> So anyways, my 500th actual completion was Bioshock 360. Uh, Just the original plane, one, no stack, no foreign version, not on the X-Bone, just the Bioshock Xbox 360. Uh, Again, it was my 500th completion, but then Trax DLC came out and Bioshock got dropped down to 499. (laughs) (laughs) But I did get my milestone from... Bioshock when I completed okay. that. Well, that's good. See, that's the that's what happens when you have those wrong settings on there. Is that <laughs> things get mixed up like that? That's just sad. But um, the uh, so why did you originally want to do Bioshock until it, it was actually tracks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of this track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually hey I'm not judging you I like trains as much as the next person but I mean I don't know that I want to make it my milestone but go ahead dang it I really should have played another game before I finished (laughs) that Um, so I love the game Bioshock Um, it's all Thomas's fault he played it and I'm like wow that looks really fun he's like yep you should so the very first time I played it was actually the Korean version (laughs) okay that makes sense (laughs) and so yeah i i fell in love like i know they're talking about bioshock on the uh the 101 episode and it's just such a good game like the environment is so immersive the story is so amazing it just really sucks you in and yeah i'm not big in the shooters but i love this game 
I think it's technically called an action RPG. I don't know if shooter is one of its genres, but um but yeah, it's just I love this game, so I thought it'd be really fun to play it in the Korean version. And then I finished it in the Japanese version. So I thought, why not for my 500th, since I love this game, make it my 500th completion and finally play the right the original version. So that was a good plan in theory. Uh, in theory. In theory, yep. And then I did have a backup plan <laughs> that I thought about saying, hey, let's hold off recording for a while because I might actually want to try this other game for my 500th completion. Oh man, what was what was the what was plan B? Uh Dynasty Dynasty Warriors 4 special edition. Mm. Kind of book in the the first completion there. Uh yes, and especially since I love the Dynasty Warriors series so much, but it took so long for my Japanese council to arrive in the mail that I ended up having to ditch that plan. Mm. And then tracks enters your life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, shoot. I love it. It's a good story. So, uh well, that's all the questions I have for you. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add that I didn't get to? I think you covered everything. Uh, and again, for the record, Bioshock was my 500th <laughs> completion. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, so- uh, yeah, thank you for taking time to sit down and muse with me about this. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, I am sure that the... Uh, fellow members of discord will be very mature and ha- take the high road and not in any way send you a message or give you a hard time about tracks uh being your 500th completion i know them well and that they would never do that never never they're a very mature community <laughs> and i mean they would never ridicule me over being die hard about you know my completion the percentage mm-hmm. settings and yeah and yeah we're just all big train fans, I mean, so, <laughs> so we're, we're, we approve your decision. So, uh, so thank you again for joining me, and uh, uh, for everyone else out there, if you have a milestone that you'd like to discuss, and um, just uh, hit up either myself or X or anybody else you would like to have interview, and uh, we'll get it on the program. So, thanks again, P Tart, and this has been Milestone Musings with P Tart. Bye. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to the latest and most definitely greatest installment of Chewie's Challenge Championship. We're going to be bringing you all the results from June, including the truly epic LEGO Challenge, as well as what we have lined up in July, including a very special event that we'll be running throughout the whole month. June saw our most epic set of challenges yet so let's come out the gates guns blazing with the one i'm sure most of you want to hear about jay black issued an open challenge to the community to see who could earn the most gamer score in lego games in the month offering monetary rewards for the top three 24 fine upstanding community members stepped up to the plate and throughout the month we saw some insane scoring from all angles When all was said and done, 22 of the 24 candidates scored in the LEGO series. Our epic jobbers this time were Haddon and Simso. Tut, tut. A whopping 51,425 game score was earned across 32 different LEGO games. Every single unique LEGO title was scored in, 
including Bionicle Heroes and LEGO Rock Band. We had 34 completions in the month, 25 of which were full completions from start to finish. The most completed game was LEGO Movie 2 with 5 full completions, followed by Ninjago with 4. And without further ado, our winners were, in third place, Chesno with 7,038. In second, Retro Chief with 8,355. And out in front with 8,900 game score is Eliphalet, who played 11 different games, completing 6 of them, 5 of which were full completions. This was a truly amazing challenge, and despite some people's, let's say, mixed feelings on the games themselves, it was wonderful seeing the community pull together and talk so much about this challenge. Thank you everyone for taking part. Moving on, we had our Tag Team Championship on the line as recent inaugural title winners Chesno and Matroch, the Sheba Squad, were challenged by Vulgar Latin and Death Dealers, Death and Taxes, to a straight-up completion battle. All four combatants put in a valiant effort as Chesno moonlighted on his LEGO scoring with 28 completions, alongside Matroch's massive 49 putting them at 77 completions. Whilst Death Dealers grabbed a healthy 32, with Vulgar's dominating 50, putting Death and Taxes at 82. With five more completions, Death and Taxes are the new tag team champs. Next up, I decided to pit our newest millionaire and fifth place G-Tasker, Elroy OMJ, in a handicap match against five, count them, Five competitors, each with under 200,000 gamer score to their names. Elroy put in his usual superhuman effort and managed just shy of 40,000 gamer score in the month. Four of his competitors, Fufu, Simso, Doughboy, and Hatton, pulled in okay numbers, putting them at a combined 28,135 gamer score. But it was Death Dealers who proved the real MVP of the team pulling in 29,470 single-handedly. That's right, that's over a 1,000 more than the other four combined, giving the team over 57,000 game score and making sure Elroy's efforts were all for naught. Death Dealers slayed in her challenges this month, which unsurprisingly is her best scoring month ever by a long way. If you want some death dealt, then I strongly recommend giving her a call. She is definitely one to watch. With the first month of our four-month-long skateboarding gamer score challenge in the can, Rawkadood managed 1,005 gamer score to my 510, while Fufu only managed zero. Yes, zero. Having said that, there are still three months of scoring to go, so there's plenty of time for Fufu to get a leg up on the scoring. Ahizo, that's right, I can say it now, and Mr. Essential Freaky Row teamed up to form Empty Barrels and take on Matroch, tag teaming once again, and Big L as Degeneration Extra Cheese in a fight to earn the most achievements as each other. So, if both members of a team earned the same achievement, they'd get a point. This was another challenge where the competitors really went at it 
hard. Empty Barrels played 18 different games, earning 416 of the same achievements together. But Degeneration Extra Cheese managed to step over them with 449 achievements earned across 34 games. Naturally, both teams rinsed the rats, and Empty Barrels put in an epic performance. But when it came down to it, the legendary playtime partnership of Matrarch and Big L won the day. Finally, our intercontinental champ, Volga Latin, was challenged for the title by Jimbot UK in a 2 out of 3 genre match for Gamerscore. Platformer, collection and beat-em-ups were the genres on the line, and Jimbot secured a respectable 2,444 in platformers and 1,595 in collection, but avoided beat-em-ups altogether, earning nothing. Meanwhile, Volga had a point to prove, grabbing 3,180 in beat-em-ups, 6,310 in collection, and a stonking 12,064 in platformers. For those who struggle with maths, that's more. A lot more. In all three genres. He retains the belt with a bullet, but I'd imagine he needs a lie-down before we put the title on the line again. Now we're done with June, it's time to announce what's in store for July. First up, Jay Black has proven himself to be a real ideas man once again, as he's envisioned a way for us to bring the Royal Rumble to Chewie's Challenge Championship. In an event we're calling the Rumble in the Jablungle, starting from the 5th, we've been announcing a new entrant into the match each day. Possible entrants are a pool of around 50 MVPs across the AH101 community, from veterans of the Discord and podcast to new up-and-comers. By the end of the month, 27 of these community members will have been randomly picked and will be battling it out based on daily scoring categories that will also be randomly drawn, including things like Gamerscore, Achievements 1 and Ratio. Being a Royal Rumble, though, we'll also have eliminations, so each day, anyone who doesn't score above a certain cutoff will be eliminated. By the end of the month, there can only be one winner. Join us over in the newly minted hashtag ChewyCC channel. That's right, Chewy's got a channel where I'll be posting the daily entrance, scoring categories and eliminations, as well as plenty of banter and smack talk. You'll also notice that I've put together something a little special for each contender's entrances. I really hope you enjoy this special event, and remember, if anything goes wrong, you can just blame Jay Black again. That's not all we have on the cards for July, though. For those of you who are patrons, you may have heard our resident Sheba, Chesno, proclaiming, slash bragging, that he plans to dive 400 games in this month's annual Bean Dive event. Well, some of us took that as a challenge, so we've joined together to form the Magnificent Seven to try and beat his total in a bean dive handicap match. The seven in question are myself, Vulgar, Death Dealers, Fug, Fufu, Dinobull, and new patron Alex R. Davis. Seven versus one may sound like a lot, but so does 400 games started. To be clear, only games started as part of the bean dive itself count, so none started earlier in the month, and the challenge ends once the month ends, so if anyone is still diving into August, they also won't be counted. Now, up next we have a new... Oh, oh hang on a second, let me get that. Hello? Hey, Chewie, this is Freaky Row, a.k.a. Mr. Essential, a.k.a. the guy who is going to put a beat down on J-Block this month. 
coming fresh, off an almost victory to bring the pain and return it tenfold. Who does this guy think he is, subjugating the mostly fine people of AH-101, I'm looking at you, L, to play a bunch of Lego dross? How deep does his depravity go? I think too much poutine and cheese curds affected him, and now I'm here to straighten him up and mop the floor with his entrails. I'm going to keep it simple. A straight-up gamer score challenge. It's a battle of attrition, and I'm on a mission. I'm finna go full freaky on this one. Now, when I'm done, J-Block U will be more like J-Barbecue. I'm out. Whoa, okay. Sounds like Freaky Rose riled up from his tag team loss and wants to take his anger out on poor old J-Black. Well, I'm fine adding that one to the docket. Sorry not sorry, Jables. Meanwhile, Rorka, Fufu and I will still be plugging away at that skateboarding gamer score. I know, personally, I'm bean diving at least five games from the genre, so I am prepped and ready to push my score up starting this month. You hear that, Rorka? And finally, after resting the title last month, Elroy OMJ is back to defend his CCC championship against a truly special member of the community. It's me, Chewy. I've decided to take X's most good achievements one match from back in May and flip it on its head. It's now most bad achievements one. So, achievements earned in games with a low community rating will earn positive points, but games that are rated well will earn negative points. I'm looking forward to a month of wading through a heap of crap to finally strip Elroy. No, no wait, to take off his belt. No, no that's worse. I'm going to win. That's all for now. Don't forget to join us in the CCC Discord channel for all the Rumble in the Jablungle updates and tune in next month for more CCC action. What the mother joding what? Can you hear me? Waka. Well, this shitty shitting shit just got real. Hello and welcome to week three of the Dreamfall Chapters Game Club. With me I have Shoe and Ice. Hi there. And I'm Wakapale. Book three is called Realms and opens with Crow flying across Mercuria. The Reap Moon celebrations are beginning. You keep watch with either Enu or Liko depending on how you choose to handle the child molester from the previous chapter. The discussions differ slightly but ends up being a discussion about sexuality. Yeah, we had a bit of bonding time with Enu in my case. We're close friends now. The discussion is a bit different depending on who you keep watch with. Pip lets you know Olovic wants to meet you at the Rooster and Kitten. There's a mechanic in the bar carrying tools used to open the strange pipes the Asadi have installed around the city. You need to incapacitate the mechanic and optionally return the tools or there will be trouble. Yeah, so this was uh, a proper like rebel mission, point and click adventure style. While wandering the streets of Mercuria, you find some goats falling unconscious after eating Evensong. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not sure how anyone would discover these by accident. 
Well, I mean, I did my usual wandering around not knowing what to do trick and then had to casually glance at a guy to figure out that those random sleeping goats in the corner were where I needed to go. It's close to the pipes and close to the bar, but it's easy to miss. Because we've been flitting between Zoe's world and Kian's world, your kind of attention is quite diverted between the two. So when you're given a mission in Kian's chapters like this, you're having to like, like cog yourself back into like the map, the world, the objectives, who everyone is. So like little details like that are quite easy to miss, I think. I found this to be the last time where the game didn't fast track you between places and uh, there was not a lot of exploring after this moment. Yeah, the previous chapters have been a lot of running around the town and this was quite a lot of kind of running around exploring but then after this point it's, well, there's there's the bit in the sewers that comes up a bit later with Zoe but other than that. Yeah, that feels like it's leading you along rather nicely. Yeah, you're you're not allowed to divert too much from the path and if you do they tell you to go back uh, as you inspect the sleeping goats and uh, pick the even song anna surprises you and asks you what you're doing with the goats <laughs> yeah a loaded question insinuating i mean i'm literally just standing next to some goats i don't know why she <laughs> where she gets this idea that there's something going on uh, i rejected her in the previous chapter when she went in for the kiss and uh, she asks you if this was the reason why you did so. What exactly are you doing to that goat? Wait, does this have anything to do with why you rejected me? Goats? Honestly? What do you mean by goats and honestly? I don't understand your words, woman. Hey, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just surprised is all. Where have you been this past month? Away. Far away. Travelling, so... Uh... This goat, what's going on here? It's rebel business. Clearly. Yeah, so in my version, because we'd had the kiss, she came up and said, oh, should I be jealous of these goats? Which is not that funny. No, no, it's not. It's still an odd, <laughs> still an odd thing to say. After a brief recap of events, she lets you know she will be hanging out at the rooster and kitten. You use the even song to drug the mechanic and steal his tools. You discovered that the tubes are pneumatic tubes carrying metal balls, but you can't figure out their purpose. Yeah, this was quite an, another kind of obtuse puzzle. So you've got two vents and pipe parts, and then it's like, um, yeah, it's one of those like, is it pneumatic tubes where they, you know, in the old days they used to send um, messages through them uh, in little canisters, uh, and you have to open one, stick a pipe in it. And then go to the other to create a blockage, and then the <laughs> and then the ball will fly out. But get, but getting to that point took a little bit of lateral thinking and maybe a slight bit of a bit of googling. Uh, that's not how I did it. I just put in the bent pipe, and the ball flew out. I think I may have been overthinking it, trying to do different things. There are usually multiple solutions to puzzles in this game. Not always, but uh, yeah, th these. Puzzles can be a bit obtuse, but uh, I, I found them rather easy. This is my second time through, but uh, it was over a year since I played it. I think I think it didn't help that I wasn't like a hundred percent of my overarching objective. Like 
I got that we were doing this mission, but it felt kind of secondary to the main thrust of the story, so I wasn't fully invested in finding balls in tubes. Kian follows these pipes and find that they lead to a building that is under God. You have to distract the gods. There might be multiple solutions to this puzzle. What did you do? So the guards were talking about um, the rats that get kept getting stuck in the workings of a machine. So I went to the um, there's some where you go to meet Bip outside the pub. Uh, there's some there's some plates of cheese, and you can use it to distract a rat and then catch the rat and then send the rat through the pneumatic tube into the machine next to the guards, where it promptly gets very messy. Yes, minced, I assume. <laughs> And the guards have to go and clean it up. I think that's the scene with the most blood so far. Uh, yeah. Maybe Baruti. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the gaping hole in Baruti's head or minced rat dripping from this machine. You couldn't really tell that it was a rat. Yeah, there's nothing left. I, I drugged the rat and sent it alive through the tube. Oof. Is that, so can you do, do you have to use the rat to get through? That I do not know. There might be some other way to sabotage the machine, but I used a live rat and sent it through the tubes. I don't think Peter would be happy with that. No. You entered the guarded building to find a steampunk computer? Yeah. So this was like looking at the med- the Matrix through a medieval filter. It was just lots of massive kind of screens with gobbledygook gibberish writing on it, scrolling along kind of like in the Matrix, and uh, an enigmatic scientist bloke. There's a lone engineer working on the machine. He recognizes you. His name is Ferdaus, and he works on the engine, uh, which is a big city-spanning computer. Uh, The computer is calculating dreams, as instructed by the prophet. Uh, The engineer doesn't really know the purpose of it. Uh, the, the engine is built upon the dream vortex discovered in the previous game, so you haven't seen that yet. No, I didn't pick up on that. So what I picked up on was that the Asadi were basically kind of tracking people's thoughts through their dreams. So it's like the equivalent of the dream machine in Zoe's world, where they can kind of, using a server and, and technology to kind of scoop up people's dreams and monitor them i guess but in this world they're using these tubes to do a similar purpose and kind of interpret people's dreams which i really liked how ferdows tries to explain it to kian using scientific terms but kian is not that (laughs) well-minded and uh he has to keep dumbing it down to kian's level which i actually appreciated so that it was actually at my level of understanding it's actually more complicated than that. In uh, Arcadia, they can use the dreams to change reality. Interesting. Which uh, uh, Have we seen that yet? We haven't seen that in this game yet. Not yet. Not yet, okay. Unfortunately, magic interferes with the computer, uh, which is uh, giving the Asadi even more reason to remove magicals from Arcoria. Yeah, so this explains somewhat some of their uh, prejudice there's kind of an underlying reason behind it I don't know if those two kind of play hand in hand if one explains the other or if it's just oh they have always been super racist this just gives them additional uh, uh, additional reason to hate magicals 
Now I'm remembering your recap from a few weeks ago that you mentioned in the previous games that Markyria is a world of magic. I can't remember. Zoe's world is a world of technology and there's kind of this definitive split. But then when they start bleeding into each other, that's where kind of the world can fall apart. And this this definitely feels like technology in a world of magic. So it seems like it's stepping into dangerous territory. There's a huge monument outside the hand. Uh, there was an event in the previous games called The Collapse. It's actually not shown in in the games. It's just talked about. Uh, when April Ryan restored the balance, magic stopped seeping into Stark, which is the world of uh, science. And this caused a lot of things to stop working since uh, people had been taking shortcuts with physics. Right. And a lot of technologies suddenly stopped working since they were sort of magical without people realizing it. So in the first game there were space colonies and all of the, all of those colonies have been cut. The communications have stopped working for them and they can no longer travel faster than light. Most people inside vehicles uh, died as uh, they, the flying cars crashed Since they were fueled by magic. So there was a really big disaster and they had to uh, rebuild most of the infrastructure. Wow. Yeah, that that is not something that they go into detail on in this game. No, and they do not do it in the previous game either. They just mention it from time to time. This whole segment as well, there's a lot going on and it's entirely told as a cutscene. It's a very long (laughs) cutscene. Considering that Kian is snuck into this place, you'd think he would be keen to get out as quickly as possible, but he seems content to hang around for 20 minutes listening to having a conversation with Ferdows and then the general. And then there's about three other cutscenes that <laughs> that follow this one. So I think there was a good 20 or 30 minutes, just cutscenes. While Ferdows explains the computer to Kian, General Hami shows up demands to know why Saya and Vamon claims Kian is dead. Uh, General Hami wants to imprison you. Ferdows distracts Hami. Uh, His very short discussion with Kian quickly made him question the Asadi's handling of the magicals. Ferdows was under the impression that they were sending all of the magicals to some nice uh, relaxing place for them to live out their days. But he wasn't too happy when he discovered that they were being shipped out to be imprisoned and tortured. Although he he seems to take Kian's word for it and very quickly changes his mind. Kian escapes. Uh, You would think that uh, the general should be able to just brush him off. Yeah, and actually Kian has just been intimidating him. He used the line, I have a sword and I'm bigger than you, as a way of getting Ferdows to talk. So, you know, Ferdows is definitely... Stockholm Syndrome kicked in quick. (laughs) Yeah. The scene changes and Hami delivers the news of Kian being alive to Mother Utana. Both Hami and Mother Utana think thinks very highly of Kian. Uh, they feel forced to hunt him down and have him executed for treason, but they want to know the truth. They also know they cannot trust Saya and Vamon. Yeah, so this is this is proven without a shadow of a doubt that they're playing a dangerous game and lying openly for their own agendas. They do not have any evidence, so they don't know what they can do about it yet, or why they are being lied to. 
Kian returns to the rooster and kitten and learns that Bip has been captured and sent to a re-education camp. Kian wants to save Bip. The other thinks it's a really bad idea. And uh, for some reason, Anna appears to have joined the rebellion. Or at least she hangs out with them. Yeah, so I'm I'm really... Anna's character, I find, is a a very strange kind of thing because she isn't part of any of the groups. She turns up randomly and seems to expect a relationship with Kian that I'm not sure how she can have because she's only like seen him a few times. I think she's a bit of an obsessive stalker, basically. Makes it even more tragic since uh, Kian is not into ladies. Yeah, he has no interest. I don't think he's into very much, to be honest. Chapter 7 begins with Zoe preparing scrambled eggs. While the, there is a news report in the background... Uh, you can see that her face was badly damaged in Nella's suicide bombing. Yeah, so she's got these kind of... They're not kind of burns. That It looks like she's had some kind of reconstruction on her face. So it kind of looks... It's like a silicon grid or something on her face, I guess, to cover where the burns were. And she's got a scar across her head. And she's got a very hipster... A new hipster haircut. Uh, the power goes out. And so is emergency fuel cell needs to be replaced. She decides to go to Mira to find a new one. Yeah, so the last we saw of Zoe was her getting blown up uh, after all of the stuff with, you know, the um, Baruti and the Social Democrats and everything was kind of building up to this climax of explosive, you know, what's going to happen next. (laughs) And then we spend five minutes cooking an omelette and trying to figure out how to fix the power. (laughs) And it's like, no, I just want to get into the story. I don't don't, don't need to know this. Uh, Propost is under martial law. Uh, there's an armed drone that shows up and escorts you to Mira. You're not allowed to diverge or it will kill you. Yeah, it very casually says that it has been programmed to shoot to kill. Uh, the streets are deserted besides heavily armed eye operatives. You also learn that you have no wire connections. You cannot connect to the internet. Uh, to your surprise, Mira hands you a repaired dream machine which was delivered by the German spy, so we never met. And she she informs her that any of the ones that are mainstream dream machines are programmed to notify Watercorp of the user's location. So if she uses it, they will be on her. Mira says that she's disabled that functionality, but she doesn't know if she got all of it removed. No. You also learn that Mr. London sells unlicensed dream machines that are off the grid. Mm-hmm. But Mira does not have access to any of those. Uh, so is given a fuel cell and returns home. Before leaving, Mira asks about the data you obtained regarding the Social Democrats. She learns about Baruti's death and volunteers to make the data public. Yeah. So... In the alternate version of events, if you'd taken the data to the journalists in the first place, how would that play out differently? I don't think... I think she just asked what she did with the data and then just leaves it at that. Right. So it's not been made public by the... Not by this time. Okay. On your way home, Queenie wishes to see you and her helper hacks and destroys your armed escort. (laughs) Yeah, that was a fun moment. Sending it into the river. Queenie suggests Nella did not know the device she used would explode. She believed it to be an EMP. Yeah, this was that was interesting because that would explain a little bit more 
Nella's actions in how we saw it because, you know, she didn't seem like she was necessarily suicidal, just hoping to cause some damage. You later learned that her original plan was to set off the EMP outside of uh, the I headquarters in Propost, destroying most of their equipment. Yeah, which makes more sense, kind of seems more fitting to what they were trying to achieve. Uh, Queenie also echoes that you should hurry up to wake up. Yeah, that that wake up moment again got me thinking. It got my brain, but my brain grapes going. She goes a bit cryptic here and a bit kind of sagey, a bit weird. Uh, not least because she then proceeds to fly away. <laughs> yeah, but before she, before she does that, Hannah has listened in to the conversation, and as Zoe leaves, she talks to Queenie and. Uh, Queenie asks her to uh, find Zoe and help her. Then she uses her jetpack chair to run away. Yeah, I mean, that was a an interesting moment. I mean, it's quite an exit to reveal that the chair you've been sitting on has a presumably a jet engine underneath it and you can just fly away on it. But I, I did some digging and it appears that Queenie was actually one of the founders of Wattecorp back in the... Uh, 21st century so she is over 200 years old interesting yeah she, she like i think i mentioned last time that kind of i saw her and the mole as kind of parallel characters in some ways and they have a very similar discussion here so in in the last episode the mole basically said i'm leaving i'm getting away from all of this it's not worth sticking around for and, and queenie says the same thing here she's you know she just doesn't want to be part of it anymore and wants to get out. You learn that Hannah is a dreamer as well. Yeah, so she's able to have live inside the dreams and, and move between worlds. That's what I assume that means, isn't it? Yeah, she doesn't appear to be as powerful as Zoe. No. Queenie is hiding from Watticorp and yeah, decides to leave Propost. Zoe returns home, replaces the fuel cell... And uses a dream machine. When she does so, she meets Abnaxus again. Oh, the big-faced dude. The weird, the weird cryptic, <laughs> makes no sense, big-faced dude. She also very quickly starts to get her memories back. And the Crow shows up in her dream. Yeah, so this is the first time I think Crow's been properly introduced as a character, a talking character. And he was quite enigmatic. Crow is a really strange character. I think someone else describes him as a bird with reasonable intelligence. He certainly speaks better than uh, his mind appears to work. Yeah, and I wasn't sure just if it was because of the dream world, but Zoe seems to remember him now. Her memories are back, but his memories of her are rather garbled. And he keeps (laughs) saying, wait, are are you this person? No, are you this person? Until she reminds him. Yeah, Crow is uh, hes not all there, as you will find out later. But it doesn't take very long to really get established before the dream gets interrupted. Yeah, the dream is not very long. You wake up to and hear gunshots. The spy is standing in front of you with a gun, and you get the choice to dodge or distract him. I distracted him. I threw the dream machine at his face. <laughs> Which leads him to get killed by an eye who jumps in through your window. 
Yeah, so I took this to what it looked like, which was that this vaguely threatening background character was going to assassinate me before I realised that he was actually protecting me from the assassins who were about to break in. So I felt a bit guilty for that. Uh, if you paid attention in the early scene, you heard the gunshots. So if he wanted you dead, he would probably have killed you already. Mm-hmm. But in your case, he is dead now. Oh, poo. Either way, he shoots an eye operative climbing through your window and asks you to leave. Uh, when you leave your apartment, the hallway is filled with bodies of eye operatives. And uh, Hannah shows up and helps you escape. Yeah, so this guy has single-handedly taken down a small army and then I've managed to throw a dream machine at him and lead him to his death. Yeah, poor guy. Well, he hadn't introduced himself properly and he was standing pointing a gun above your face. Yeah, that's right. It is his fault. You're right. I don't feel guilty. Hannah wants to find evidence that Wettecorp was responsible for Nella's bombing. Hmm. You go down into the vents and you find Hannah's friend Abby and she hands you the box Nella asked you to take care of before she blew herself up. The box contains a Wattilla pin with a hidden message. This is some really fortunate event that happens because that the pin goes active and while you're going through the vents, you follow the signal until you find a hidden message. Yeah, so the, the pin is a bit of a MacGuffin. It's uh, it's there to further the plot to allow you to proceed, which is fine. It's just a bit convenient. You find a message from Nella. She had figured out that her EMP had been replaced with proper explosives, but she felt forced to use it anyway yeah since if she didn't she would probably be killed and yeah her reasoning here seems a bit stretched yeah i mean i found this a very kind of interesting character moment because you've really gone through the ringer with nella you've seen her as a kind of interesting funny sweary you know right-leaning but maybe not too extremist well, left-leaning. She was a Marxist. A left-leaning, sorry. Yeah, left-leaning. <laughs> Get it right. And then, and then she, you know, seem, seemingly commits suicide through a suicide bomb, which seems like out of character because it seems quite extreme. But then you realise and discover that she didn't know it was a bomb. She thought it was an EMP device. So then that kind of makes sense. And you think, okay, well, she was doing something that was in character. And then you discover she knew it was a bomb and decided to go through with it anyway because she felt she was kind of pushed into this corner. If she made it known that she knew it was a bomb, they would have destroyed her and killed her anyway and it probably would have still happened. So she decides to let it happen. She lets herself be their pawn because she somehow thinks it will end up working out. It does seem a bit of a stretch. Yeah, she leaves some evidence behind, but uh, if this is the only evidence she left, it's some. Yeah, I don't think anyone would actually find it. Yeah, the breadcrumb trail is very thin, and the crow has eaten a few of the breadcrumbs along the way, so yeah. You don't hear the whole story. She was really hoping that they would piece it together. Thankfully, we do, but 
otherwise her death would have been in vain. But it it just seems like an interesting character choice that they kind of keep flip flopping you on whether she 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 was extremist, she was an extremist. She knew what she was doing. She didn't know what she was doing. She she kind of chose to accept her fate. It's interesting. So it's a bit more complex than you expect in in a in a game like this, I think. And this is on the way to Mr. London's warehouse, where you were supposed to go all along. Mm. So this could easily have been a whole other chapter where you ran around in this big city and find this evidence, but instead you decide to, yeah, let's just drop it here on the way to Mr. London's warehouse. Yeah, so I was going to mention this later, but I felt like this episode had maybe some more constraints on it budgetary wise or maybe time wise because like i mentioned before there's there's like quite a whole long sequence of cutscenes without any gameplay in between and there are a lot fewer of these big open exploration sequences and in the first two episodes you've kind of been introduced to new areas and new worlds or new maps but in this the only kind of really new area is the underground sewers and Mr. London's warehouse, which are very kind of basic places. And I don't know if that was obviously their design from the very beginning, but I kind of, I read it as maybe they were a little bit restricted, limited. I believe they miscalculated this episode. I think this was the longest, from two to three was the longest time gap. And the reason for that was that they switched game engines mid-season. Oof. This almost broke the studio. There's some interviews of how this was a really, really bad idea. I can imagine. But they pulled through in the end. It just took them a... Yeah, it doesn't doesn't feel different. It feels quite seamless. Um... That's because we are playing the uh, remastered version on the new engine. So they remastered the first two episodes as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So like I say, this kind of this episode felt less rich in terms of its production. Uh, it felt a bit more kind of I, I don't want to say cheap, but uh, it gets way more streamlined and uh, a lot higher paced than the previous episodes. Yeah. And ends up being shorter. Yeah. Zoe infiltrates Mr. London's warehouse and finds evidence of Watercorp's involvement in the bombing and unlicensed dreamer uh, while Mr. London and his goons are torturing someone with electric golf balls. Reminded me of a scene in uh, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels where he's, uh, he's got someone tied to a chair and he's just hitting him with golf balls. Although in this, in, if, if being hit by a golf ball wasn't bad enough at full speed, the golf balls are electrified, so... Yeah, and the guy is blindfolded, so he doesn't see them coming. No. You actually do not help the guy, which I was a bit surprised by. Yeah, that's fair enough, I guess. I guess it would put Zoe at too much risk to try and take on the goons and Mr. London, but even just cutting the power would have done the trick. Which you do, but I'm not sure it was intentional. Uh, You get some help from either shitbot or kidbot to get through this section yeah this made me uh this made me happy again to see shit but i i I'd kind of assumed that he wouldn't make an appearance but he's back with his previous owner mr london although my joy at seeing him was then quickly wiped out when i discovered he was not the shit but i remembered his personality had been wiped so he was a blank a blank canvas again 
Yes, so you change his personality several times by inserting different modules uh, for different tasks. Yeah, this was quite a fun little puzzle. I quite enjoyed that because you get to see different versions of the bots and how they behave with the different personality modules. Although I found it a bit of a stretch that one of them is a stealth bot, which allows Shipbot to become completely camouflaged but presumably that would mean he already had the technology to do that built into him. Yeah, they have to do, be able to do some sci-fi nonsense as well. Yeah. Most of it is rather grounded. There's not too much really weird sci-fi stuff going on in these games. No, it's been quite fairly like, yeah, like standard futurist stuff. Like, okay, let's imagine what it might be like in the next 30 years or so. Nothing too crazy. As you leave... You sort of fry your bot and it very briefly returns to its uh, earlier personality. Yeah, very briefly. Uh, So I had the same moment of joy followed by sadness because uh, he then proceeds to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Uh, So when Hannah heads to Mira, Mira keeps getting impressed by everything you've accomplished. It's okay because Mira's going to nail the suckers. Uh, So we uses the dreamer and poofs out of existence that hasn't happened before no that 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 came as a shock i knew that she was like obviously projecting herself into the dreams and the other worlds but i assumed it was like a manifestation of her kind of soul or essence as opposed to physically leaving Uh, so we then wakes up in mercuria in the abandoned journeyman inn this is a location that's familiar to players but uh yeah, Kian uh, made sure it shut down. Kian in the previous games. Yep. Baddie Kian. Yeah, she finds Crow there. Yeah, so what's he doing there? <laughs> Nesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's fine. It's just, again, it's kind of a convenient thing that she materializes right where he happens to be in the whole town. Um, but, you know, whatever. Crow always shows up when he's convenient. They have a good long chat. Yeah, they reminisce quite a bit. uh, And uh, as Zoe decides to find a way out of the inn, uh, Crow suggests going through the roof. (laughs) Yeah. Which Zoe do not want to do. They also decide that they need to find the Purple Mountains. Yeah. I wasn't sure where that... I I couldn't remember where that had come from. Was that that big face guy mentioning it? Abnaxus mentioned the Purple Mountains. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd lost that detail in all of his cryptic weirdness, but I, I figured that's where she'd got that from. Yeah, Abnaxus is kind of hard to follow. I liked the Crow made a line here that I quite liked where he says, Dreams, visions, nightmares, hallucinations, they all belong under the same general heading of really bad ideas. Yeah, he... He's not convinced that uh, doing anything based on your dreams <laughs> will lead to good things. Yeah. I will say that uh, I liked, obviously, Shitbot as a character was what kind of <laughs> something I really enjoyed from a humorous perspective. And then when he presumably now is gone, uh, I was a bit concerned. But Crow seems to be filling that s- spot nicely of, of kind of the, the kooky, weird little side character. Crow might get a bit too weird sometimes. Right. He seems to 
I'm not entirely sure how Crow works, but he seems to have picked up quite a lot of information from Stark by osmosis somehow, from hanging around with April and Zoe. Yeah, so he's kind of caught between worlds. He's never left Arcadia. No, his brain is caught between worlds. Somehow he has knowledge of uh, 200-year-old TV shows and American presidents. (laughs) You discover how useless Crow is by getting a door handle to leave the Yerneman in, which he purposefully hid so he wouldn't be disturbed and then forgot about. Uh, Yeah, it took me a while to find that hanging on the chandelier. Once again, you have to look up in this game. Yeah. And Zoe decides to find the rebels. She heads for the rooster and kitten. If you hadn't picked up on the euphemism of the naming, they make it very explicit at this point because they have a very open conversation about how <laughs> how rude it sounds in its uh, other form. That seems to be a running joke this episode. They mention it quite a bit. Yeah. It's a dead horse. It's the dead horse of the series. <laughs> no, I think that's the sandwiches. <laughs> you run across uh, Onor Hilaris holding one of his bigoted speeches. You don't have to stick around to listen if you don't want to. I didn't actually even pick up on that. I was just running straight. I was following, because uh, Crow kind of leads the way and he flies. So just, I was just following him. I wasn't even paying much attention. Instead of wandering around aimlessly looking for the rooster and kitten, uh, Crow leads you there. And yeah, he w- which He will keep is great. being your guide from now on and, and uh, show you exactly where you need to go. That's actually, I welcome that after getting lost numerous times. Uh, which also makes the chapters seem shorter since you don't wander around and get lost. Although on the flip side of that, I suppose it means you you don't discover as much in the wider world of kind of random stuff that they've built in. There are still quite a lot of random stuff that they have there around you, but it's a lot easier to miss it now that you have a guide. Yeah. As you get close to the rooster and kitten uh, there's a humorous exchange about peasants which i found sadly close to some people's perceptions yeah so how's business uh, pretty good i mean reaping's a great time for me plenty of customers even if those farmers are tight-fisted they bring their own food into the city they ought to do something about that how i mean farmers bring food into the city that's what they do that's you know their whole thing Yeah, but still. No, that makes no sense at all. I mean, that's what the bloody reaping is all about. Farmers harvest their crops, bring the produce into the city, sell it, and come reap Moon Eve, we all enjoy the feast of reaping. I know, but is that what we really want from those peasants? Well, yes. Yes, it is. Zoe smoothly gets Olivic to help her track down the resistance. Oh my goodness, Zoe is the worst undercover operative ever. She is not subtle. She basically just walks up to him and is like, Hey, so, uh, about those rebels then, eh? Last time she did that, she ended up with a sack on her head and got dragged in down into a cellar. Right, yeah. It's, it's just not the way you go about trying to find out about a hidden secret organization just walk up to someone and ask once again it works but not the way she hopes she gets captured by the rebels who none of the people that capture her know her 
from last time she was there. No, she's running a real risk of them just assuming that... Because she could be an Asadi operative literally going around saying, where are the rebels? So she's lucky she doesn't get an arrow in the face, to be honest. The scene uh, changes to Vamon and Saya. They have uh, figured out that Hami knows about Kian. Saya wants Hami and Utana dead. This scheme to kill them at the grand ceremony planned for the reveal of the engine, which they intend to use to rule as a deer. Yeah, so in my uh, in the last episode I, I wrote, I don't have high hopes for the general's future, and this is uh, proving that theory, that they are, are going to try and kill him off. The ceremony will be held one week from now, so still have at least a week left to live. Yeah, it's all getting very Games of Thronesy at this point, with all of the various people out to get each other. Even supposed allies. feel like that's it's been that way for quite a long time. Zoe narrowly misses Kian while she is being taken through the rebel headquarters into a cell. Kian has decided to save Bip and uh, is going to leave for Guyane with a cloud ship. The resistance do not want you to leave. Uh, Kian argues finding evidence of what goes on on the re-education camps will make uh, the people turn against the Asadi, even change minds in Asadir. Yeah, so presumably most of the rest of the population believe the same thing as Ferdows, that the Magicals are not being imprisoned and tortured. Otherwise they'd be a little bit more angry about the whole situation. Uh, many, including Kian, suspects going to Gien might be a suicide mission. Liko wants to join Kian, but is refused to do so. Yeah, I kind of felt that Liko is unhappily softening to Kian a little bit. He kind of uh, admits that Kian is good for the rebellion, uh, and they have a little, a little kind of soft moment of almost friendship. And then Kian says, "You are still planning on killing me, right?" And Liko says, "Oh yeah, absolutely, but I still respect you." Before leaving. Anna confronts Kian and uh, reveals that Kian saved her from slavery 20 years ago. Yeah, this is this is the bit where you realize why she's been so obsessively kind of stalkery over him. Yeah. Kian convinces her to stay behind and help the resistance while he is gone. Uh, Liko arrives as Kian boards a cloud ship. You then get to choose to leave him in Mercuria or take him with you. I took him with... Uh, for two reasons. I wanted to see where this strange hate-friendship relationship went between them. Uh, and also because I, he's useful as a strong-arm ally in, in whatever fights are going to come up. That is the end of book three. There were n- no interlude this time, so we didn't see anything of Saga. Yeah, no saga segment, so it seemed a little odd that, that, that it seemed like that was a pattern they'd established, but, and I was waiting to see kind of teenager saga getting angry with her dad because he won't let her go out, but uh, it didn't happen. Still might. Still two more books to go. And uh, book three was considerably shorter than the first two episodes. And uh, I I believe that will be the case for book four and five as well. Right. Yeah, maybe, again, kind of dealing with a tighter budget or release schedule, you know. Or or just the pacing. Or feedback from players. Uh, The pace has picked up quite a bit. Yeah. And it's you know they've they've done the first two the first two chapters were very much about establishing the world the characters catching people up on what the heck is going on and now they've kind of established these quite clear paths. Um, Kian at least is definitely on a mission, so it feels like that mission has to be quite kind of high momentum 
moving forward. It's still unclear what Zoe's through line is going to be. She's kind of wandering through life still and now being captured. Zoe hopes to get to the Purple Mountains. It all seems a little vague though. But right now she is captured by the rebels and imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kian has snuck aboard a cloud ship heading for a re-education camp. Mm. And Saga is nowhere. Nowhere to be seen. No. And I'm not even sure where her timeline fits in with all of these. Because it could have happened in the past, the future. Who knows? Or both at once. Oh, don't, yeah. Brain melting. The other thing I found with this episode was in, in the first episode, you make a clear choice quite early on between the familiar and the unknown which kind of determines somewhat how the rest of that episode plays out. So if I chose one and you chose another, our experiences would be quite different in some respects. And then in the second episode, you make a choice between giving the information to Baruti or the journalists. I'm assuming that similarly kind of somewhat plays out differently depending on that decision. It does. But in this episode, I don't believe there was any of those kind of divergent choices. Your experience and my experience would have pretty much been exactly the same throughout the whole episode yeah that depends on what uh, choices you did previously in earlier episodes there was nothing no choice here that resolved immediately the choices you made in this episode will affect the next one but yeah there were there were no no major divergences yeah i'm assuming obviously the choice at the end between leaving or, or taking lipco would be the big one will very likely be a big one i have not found out yet i just wondered if again it was conscious choice to not have extra choices uh, again to kind of streamline things or if that's just how it kind of played out that's an interesting thought we will see where this takes us next week we will be playing the penultimate episode book four revelations and now that uh, zoe's in well i assume we're not going to go back to stark for some time if at all now everyone's in one place well in the same world at least just spread out which is as close as they've ever been. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering now if they're even ever going to intersect. If their stories will just be parallel rather than conjoined in any point. We will find out in later books. Have a nice day, everyone. Bye.